0: I'm kind of crashing down to like nothingness. Yeah. Um, but I'm so excited about it in the same way. But then I'm like, gosh, I have to like hustle and get my work out there. But yeah. I have absolutely no desire to hustle.
1: Yeah. Oh man, Jeff, this was meant to be. This is, we're gonna have a lot to talk about.
0: Hello and welcome to the Maker Mistaker Podcast. The Maker Mistaker Podcast is a show about self-discovery and personal growth for awakening artists, designers, and makers of all sorts. Awakening to the deeper sense of who we are and why we're here on this planet. We walk the line between mainstream success advice and lifestyle design to spirituality and other esoteric subjects. I'm your host, Jeff Finley, and this is episode 8. And I've got a very special guest today, two of them actually. Um, Jen, Adrian, and Omar Nouri of These Are Things. So excited to have them on the show. But before I get to them, before I bring them on, I've got a couple updates. So the first update is um, my book, Wake Up, The Morning Routine Will Ever Change Your Life, is out now. It's finally out. I think I worked on it for about nine months, and I'm so stoked to have it out for sale. I've got it available on makermistakercom slash wakeup. And it's been the big project that I've been working on since I left Go Media and since that I've been on my own as a freelancer now. So, I'm really excited that that's out, and you can buy it on Amazon or pick it up in a couple of different ebook packages. And the ebook packages have like videos and, you know, like a morning routine quick start guide and all that kind of stuff. So, it's a perfect book if you're looking to establish some new habits and kind of use your mornings as a personal growth opportunity, so to speak. So, and then the second update is. My, my, my new site, basically, this would be, I've been going through sort of an identity crisis on what to do with Maker Mistaker and like jefffinley.org. So, kind of combining my love for design and art and creativity and the projects I work, I work on, my design and illustration versus my personal development and growth, blog, and all that kind of side. So, I decided to just say screw it and I combined both things together. So, Maker Mistaker is now sort of my home on the web as my creative work plus my articles and my blog and my podcast. So you can find all of my illustration work, well, the ones I've uploaded so far, as of now, up on MakerMistaker.com. So you can check out my illustration and my design, and I'm currently accepting new clients. So I do a lot of work for bands and and uh, independent clothing companies and cool brands that are out there making cool stuff. And so that's, that's, that's the second update. All right, so ready to dive into the show. So Jen, Omar, welcome to the show. Hey, hey what's Jen? up? Good to see you. Um... So I'm just going to read your bio real quick to kind of give our listeners a sense of who you are. And on your website, it says, "You, uh, These Are Things is a design and illustration duo based in Columbus, Ohio. And These Are Things is an ongoing creative experiment with a simple goal, to make things we love. So that's pretty, a, a, small, a short bio. It's like two sentences.
1: <laughs> yeah, we've been... Uh...
0: We've been cutting and cutting and cutting. We had our
2: previous about page was like this, like, Super long behemoth, and we're really trying to finesse it. And we're like, well, "What's the core of what we? What we're, we yeah, we do? cut it
1: down to its essence, and <laughs> that was it. That's, that's it. what made it. Yeah,
0: yeah. I bet that's so hard because I mean, I'm I like revise my bio almost on a regular basis. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. My intro to the podcast I rewrote this morning because I'm like, it's it's different than it was last month. It's different than it was the month before. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so we're constantly revising. And I think too, when we're re- revising our bios, it's like we're trying to gain more clarity on who we are and like what our authentic <laughs> truth is and how can we communicate it in the simplest form that's like so other people understand who we are.
2: Yeah, yeah. we we labored over those two lines for so long. <laughs> it's, it's, ridiculous. it's it's really really funny it is cuz it is it's it is it's a great way to put it. It's even less about what other people think about us what we think about ourselves.
1: Yeah, who am I? Who am and I, I have to answer this question in public and like <laughs> I, I don't know, it's it's a lot of pressure to get it right, you know?
0: And it's always changing too. Yeah. Oh oh my gosh. So we start, we can start the podcast off with who am I?
1: (laughs) How long do we have? (laughs) Right.
0: I know. So, okay. Well, um, so you guys are, you guys are design illustration, um, duo, and you guys have been doing a lot of work. You guys spoke at WMC Fest back in 2012, was it? 13 maybe. 2013. Yeah, it was 2 yeah. years ago. Okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. And I remember you had the room in tears and, and there was a standing ovation and your parents were there and you guys like wore your heart on your sleeve and I mean, it sort of set the tone for like the bar for like okay, if you're going to give a talk at WMC, you got to you got to bring the tears and make everyone faint and Yeah. <laughs> And so that, that's the last time we, uh, that was the last time you and I really connected. Um, or, I I mean, gosh, we, to be honest, we barely even got a chance to really talk at the event. Um, I was so busy with running the, running the event and everything like that. And, um, but you guys were in the midst of a transition from New York back to Columbus. Um, could you just briefly go into like your, what you led up to that WMC Fest moment, like and, and just kind of give some backstory to those who don't know you.
1: Yeah. So we met in art school. Um, We'll kind of start there, I guess. And uh, after we graduated, we started making art together. Um, And we
2: had day jobs. Jen was freelancing. I worked at a cool motion graphics place.
1: Yeah. And it it was, we just did art projects on the weekends together for fun. Um, And kind of to our surprise, one of those projects ended up getting uh, quite a bit of
2: Traction, traction.
1: Yeah. yeah, and we sold um, a ton of it. It was a modern world map and art print, um, and we were featured on one blog. This was in February of 2010. Ten. Yeah, and we sold hundreds in a day, and all of a sudden had this business. And um, and about
2: like nine months a year later, we we're able to quit our full time jobs. Yeah, and focus solely on that. And we've been doing that selling, you know, art online, especially map themed art for years.
1: Ever since, yeah, yeah. yeah. and. Um, yeah. At the point that we were at WMC Fest, um, gosh, I mean, those few years from twenty ten to then, it was uh-huh. kind of a roller coaster. Um,
2: and that, that's what the talk was kind of about all these those ups and downs that you know every life has, every business has. And we're in the middle of a free fall free down. <laughs> we had we just moved to New York and we found it too expensive to live in New York and run our business back here in Columbus. Um, what else was going on? Just, oh my God! Yeah, it was.
1: A mil- a million things. Yeah. Um geez, what else? I was we were in the middle of a lawsuit, a kind of like a personal lawsuit that we can maybe we'll get into that. I've never talked about <laughs> wow. that before in public. Yeah. Um but that's what took up um a lot of time and energy for about And money. And and money for about two <laughs> yeah. years. Um
2: and we're um it was hard to um manage our fulfillment house back here. Things would were, were very, very complicated with that. Yeah,
1: it was just a lot. It was, you know, those moments when everything kind of at once just implodes. And that's <laughs> that's kind of what we were going through. Yeah.
2: Um, and so we just looked at each other and said, the only thing we can do is head back to Columbus. And the easy way to head back to Columbus, we decided we are going to go back to our filming house, put everything in um, the U-Haul truck we are using to move back from New York to Columbus, and then move that into Jen's parents' basement. We it were, was a lot. Yeah. I mean,
1: because from 2010 to, to that point, uh-huh. 2013, we had just seen like all this success, you know? And it it wasn't a straight ride up. There were times when it wasn't going so well. And I mean, a million times really when we said, (laughs) I don't think we're going to make it past this month doing this. Uh, But that in 2013, that was August, that summer, that was really when we started to say, ah, I don't really know what we're going to do after this. Yeah, and
2: and it was, was, I don't know, the ups and downs, like the year before we were at WMC. 2012.
1: Yeah, uh-huh.
2: And um Joseph Hughes talked talked talk to say, "Hey, you want you want to t- speak next year?" We're like, "Yeah, everything's going so great. It would be awesome and right? be there to kind of be able to just kind of show how great we're doing." And then from there to another year.
1: We were like, "Oh my god, why <laughs> did we agree to do this? Yeah. It's like, a horrible idea." Cuz
2: we had oh. we're looking at our talk. I mean, it was we're moving back home the next week. The next week. So we were looking at our talk saying, "We can't go up there and say, you know, things are going great and we design and illustrate where we knew like in a week we we're going to be
1: living in my parents' house. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and so we knew at that point, like we had this opportunity to kind of
1: just be real just about be it, real about it. Mm-hmm. And,
2: um, what was it? A couple months before that we, you know, are you familiar with Tess Viglin? No.
1: Um, who else spoke that year? We were at, um, world domination summit in, uh, Portland. It's Chris Gillibo's um, mm-hmm. Big conference. And uh-huh. uh, Brene Brown spoke that year. Oh, wow. Um, so, yeah. So that was kind of the general theme. And Tess um was a host for an NPR show.
2: Uh-huh. And she was super famous. She had, you know, she still is. But, you know, but she decided to leave that, that show and go out on, on her own. And right before she went to um speak at the conference, she realized she didn't get that that that, that job. And everything was kind of
1: Right. The next hosting job. So her whole talk was about how she had this great career that was so successful. And then she kind of made this leap and totally failed. And it didn't Um, work
2: out. And everyone was...
1: It was like, strangely, what happened with our talk at WMC. I mean, we're all stunned that she (laughs) got up there and said this, that we got to witness this. Uh Standing ovation. Yeah. She got a book deal (laughs) that weekend. (laughs) Um, I know, perfect. There was an, an agent in the audience and
2: it was, it was really cool and it was great because it was that kind of moment in time and that's what we wanted our talk to be kind of like, because a lot of talks and we've given a few talks since then, it's less about a moment in time, more about like, you know, this is what I did the last five, five years and you could give it this, this year, give it next year. It's just kind and of it's the same, the same time. But talk.
1: with Tessa's talk, it could only happen then, like yeah. she had just found out the prior week that she did not get this job. And uh-huh. so we saw that we had a similar opportunity uh-huh. that this is only going to be happening at this time.
2: And that's why I think it was such a cool experience. Like, I mean, how, how I'm not sure how people felt in the audience, but when we were up there, it was like, all I saw was like yellow. <laughs> it was a very <laughs> surreal experience. I knew that at that moment, it's the only time that would ever happen.
1: Yeah, it was bizarre. It was really weird. And it, going through some of the lawsuit stuff, and I don't know, maybe we'll get into this. We had been very, very private. Um, about a lot of things. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of weird to be up there and be so open. Uh-huh. And, I don't and know. Truly,
2: it's, I think um, we're all like, it's really funny because in this day and age, we're supposed to share everything on social media and everything. The more sharing there is, the less we're kind of being really open because you can't be too open because everyone can, can, can see it. So it's kind of like weird, kind of false openness where
0: everyone's mm-hmm. sharing everything all the time, but no one's really talking about
2: the real stuff. The real right? stuff.
0: Yeah. And even even when people do talk about the real stuff, there's only so much you can share online. <laughs> and there's yeah. only so much a person who's following can take in. Exactly. So they only really get a slice of you anyway. Uh-huh. And then yeah. they, they it sort of creates this idea of you for that person, you know? Right. Mm-hmm. They don't really know who you really are. Right. Like, yeah. And, but part of so much of us as creators, we like put so much of ourselves in our work. That uh-huh. that when we do like I, for me, I sh- I, I'm way too open. I think I share so <laughs> much. I, I share a lot of the stuff I'm going through deeply with on my blog and on my podcast. And there's actually some stuff I really want to talk about, but it's it, I really need to keep it private because uh-huh. it's, I just resist have to resist the urge to overshare. And Brene Brown talks about this in her vulnerability talk. It's like people have to earn the right to hear your vulnerability. And sometimes I can almost do that as a default. Like I'll be in, a, in a, I'll first meet somebody and I'll like want to just start wearing my heart <laughs> on my sleeve and getting to the real talk before we even have a chance to get to know each other. And the other person, I just worry too that I'm going to scare them away by being too much, too vulnerable, wow. too open. And I don't know where that desire comes from, but I think it's sort of, you saw it sort of at WMC Fest. It's like it, this encouragement to be open and transparent. Uh-huh. Um, so, you guys are now you're you, since you're bit, since that talk, how have things progressed for you? Like, yeah, what, what's happened since then?
1: It's actually really funny because when we meet people who have seen the talk and we've seen them like in the couple years after, they're always asked, they're kind of like, <laughs> so like, you did you are figure okay. that out? Like, <laughs> yeah,
2: get okay? all that sorted out. And yeah. we're
1: like, of course. Like, it's just
2: it's just life. Like, yeah. life continues marching on no matter if you're doing well or doing or not doing well. You we can't just, you know, lay down in a circle and like die. It's right. like, you got to keep on moving forward. And yeah. we did, we, we were in Jen's parents' basement for a few months. We had, um, during that time we were working on that ebook, which is kind of a funny tiny writing an ebook, how to run a creative business when our credit business felt like was free. It's free like, yeah. yeah. It was um, funny. we got <laughs> a couple of good partnerships that, um, holiday and between the book and those, those partnerships, we we're able to take that money and the money we saved, of course, too, from not having to worry about New York rent and not having to worry about the fill the place. And we ended up moving into uh, an apartment in Columbus, which we still are in, and yeah. moving the uh, stuff into a warehouse, a studio. And by warehouse. stuff,
1: we mean a full uh, 13-foot <laughs> box truck full of maps. <laughs> full oh, yeah. I records. guess I guess
2: after the talk, we never got to that point in the talk, but we drove, after that talk that week, we drove... It was like a 15-hour drive because it's like the slowest U-Haul van we've ever had.
1: It was it had no AC. It was the middle of August. So we drove the whole way with the windows down. And The cats s- are in the middle so howling. so loud.
2: Yeah, the cats <laughs> were losing. I was losing. It generally had to to, to take over driving. Like, it was like, well, it was like okay, we'll be home and we'll be back in Columbus at 11 o'clock. It was like, well, midnight, two, three. Was, we got we got to your parents like at four or five o'clock in the morning after driving all day. The sun day. was
1: coming up. Yeah, yeah.
2: we had it empty the entire U-Haul thing, bring it all in her parents' house, and then sleep for two hours, then go over to the fulfillment warehouse, and they filled the truck up again. We're like, how do we have this much stuff? This
1: was the weird part. Over those <laughs> oh, few years, when we were using the fulfillment warehouse, we were ordering stuff, making stuff, having it made, and shipped directly there. So we didn't actually physically see how much stuff we had there uh-huh. until We'd- we showed up with a truck to come pick it up and move it into my parents' basement. And it was
2: filled top to bottom. We're like, how are we going to get this anywhere?
1: I didn't, oh, we were speechless. <laughs> like we walked in and saw these pallets of stuff and we were like, oh my God. Because like,
2: when we first dropped um, off our stuff there, it fit in the back of Jen's hatchback. It was like maybe a couple hundred maps.
1: Yeah. And now it was 24,000 greeting cards. <laughs> like how many Wow. tens of thousands of prints. Yeah, It was just packing supplies. So much stuff. And we had carried was, it down
2: two levels to that basement. And it was...
1: It was wild. So we spent really the last... Because that was about two years ago now. Uh-huh. We have spent the last two years kind of sorting out that mess.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's how long it's taken. Yeah. Um, and really, we're just this week finishing up that whole process. So it's actually really good timing that we're talking with you.
2: Yeah, because another transition kind of period yeah. right, right mm. now.
1: Yeah. So it's it's been good, though. In that time, we've... Um, Done some dream jobs. We illustrated the cover of How magazine, which was crazy.
2: And that was cool too, because we had a lot of, a lot of weird connections through hey, the yeah. WMC talk. Because the WMC talk, a lot of people saw it and they said, "Oh, we want to work with them." We actually, um, right? That's right, the How magazine one. We were able to speak at WMAX because is of got,
1: WMC fest. Yeah, now yeah. we it's so a few
2: jobs from there. So it's kind of a weird web that kind of kind of works when mm. you kind of just leave it up. Yeah. Up to the, up to the, up to the paints. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. It was cool, but it's been, yeah, a crazy two years since then. Uh-huh. Um, so mm-hmm. much has happened.
0: So you're going yeah. through a new transition and here we are yeah. on the Make a Mistaker podcast. So how is that significant for you? I mean, you told me that it's like proper timing.
1: Yeah. It's just interesting because I feel like we have really been, God, we're always questioning everything, but <laughs> especially in the last two to three years, we've been, I don't want to say unsatisfied, but not necessarily feeling totally settled with the work that we're doing, um, or that we were doing.
2: Mm -hmm. Uh Uh-huh. Cause we first originally started off with this project as being, you know, a creative outlet from our day job. And then when you do the when your creative outlet becomes your new day job, it's kind of like, it puts a lot, it makes it a lot different. You're kind of back where you
1: started. Like we started making art for fun so that we weren't working and now all of a sudden that.
2: Art for fun has to be Is
1: work again. And uh-huh. it, I don't know. We found ourselves like mm-hmm. back in this box of
2: Yeah, we like we escaped the box and then we started building a even bigger box or a little bit smaller <laughs> exactly. box to keep ourselves in. We're like, well, we're the map people, or like we're talking about the social media. Well, is this Tweet on brand. Is right.
1: St- we're the happy, like, <laughs> you know, we're going through a really hard time personally, but we have to be like, we have to be these the cutie little, faces, like yeah. cute map people. And it was hard and it was, it yeah. got harder yeah. and harder as the years went on. And we started wondering like, is it me? Is it you? Is it that we can't work together? Is it <laughs> that, we, uh, you know, I mean, I'm sure you've run into something similar where y- you're just not feeling it anymore and you don't really know why.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That was why I had to leave Go Media. It was uh-huh. strange because I was it was conflicted because this is supposed to be like my dream job. I've got a good salary. I'm a partner. I've got great people I work with. I have so many good opportunities. I have creative re- autonomy. A lot of people admire me. I have a lot of followers. I have all everything that every every designer Who's starting out just like wants, and they think that'll make them happy. And I was happy for a while, you know. I and, and then I started projects on the side, like WMC Fest, and then that became my full time job, basically, as organizing an event. Got me away from just being a creator. I had to like maintain a lot of the things that we started. And I wrote a, I wrote a blog about this sort of cycle of discontent and jadedness, and how it is it's like a, a catalyst for new ventures and change. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah we so, read that oh one. yeah
2: i loved that post. the tree yeah.
0: the treehouse post yes. yeah yeah we read that one and i and i so i was able to sort of put it in perspective where it's like oh okay so there's our cycles where i do get dissatisfied and jaded even with my own creation and it's just i have to continue to keep changing and building and stuff and you can't really stay attached to who you once were and that period of time when you're trying to figure it out and stay attached and continue to like recreate the magic so to speak
1: that's the worst part yeah Yeah,
0: it's the worst part and you have this identity crisis where like it doesn't (laughs) seem to fit but like i made this map and now i have to like continue to do it because if i don't then then i'm broke and dead and i don't know what what i'm gonna do next and i even wrote okay so i wrote wake up the morning routine that will change your life all right and it's ironic because by the time I release it, I'm no longer waking up early <laughs> because I don't have to. I, I'm working for myself now. And, and I woke up early for a year and a half. And through that process, I figured out all these things I wanted to do. I did a lot of work on myself internally. And then, I just, and then it occurred to me that I needed to leave Go Media. And that was a major revelation inside that whole wake up early process and it took me a year to build up the courage to even tell them I wanted to leave and then so then fast forward a little bit to the end of 2014 when my last day happened so then I became a full-time freelancer in January and I'm like I still got up early but it didn't I didn't have to because I didn't have anywhere to go so Uh but it was weird because my morning routine after you wake up early for long enough that becomes the just the time you wake up And it's no longer like early feeling. And Uh it doesn't feel it doesn't have that same sort of breakthrough feeling that you do if you just like decide to get up two hours earlier tomorrow, you know, Uh you have all this extra time. Like, imagine if you got up two hours earlier for a whole year. It doesn't feel early anymore. It just seems like your routine, your schedule. It gets boring after a long time of doing it. So there is a conflict because I was writing this book about it because, well, for one, that was the most popular post on my site was about how I w- woke up earlier and I was like, dude, everyone wants to know how to wake up early, so I should write a book about it. And and I did and I said, well, that's going to be my next book. The ant- the universe is speaking to me. Yeah. So, here it is. Here's my the next thing I'm going to work on. So, I spent 9 months working on it and and it's it's actually a great testimony for you can use the wake up early habit to change your life. Even though I no longer practice the wake up early habit, I still do a lot of the other stuff I do in there. It's sort of like this little moment in my life, but now I sort of feel like I'm in this spot of like, well, I have to market it and promote it and hustle it and do all this work and get speaking gigs and do workshops and webinars, all that stuff. But I'm not really feeling like a internal urge to do that. I have an internal urge to, I don't know, like, go on a journey across the country and like explore the depths of the universe, you know, all that kind of stuff,
1: right? <laughs> it's the ebook curse. Yeah. I'm convinced. Yeah,
0: <laughs> like this is, it's so
2: parallel with art. It's really, really, I'm so glad we're speaking right now. Cause that's the same way. Like we, um, we want to do this ebook, about how to, you know, do a creative product based business with Chris for the longest time. And of course the project started right. Like seriously, he, he emailed us about the start of this project, maybe a month before we had to move. Back home and try to figure out how to do it all over again, Mm -hmm. and I
1: didn't want to do it anymore. Yeah,
2: (laughs) and and Uh it is weird because it's such a we're writing this this book at this moment when our business is, you know, when it's free falling and we're
1: kind of over it. You know, I mean, it was still working because really we sold more product last year than we have ever before. Yeah, but we were both kind of over it. Yeah, so it was just a really odd feeling that being kind of beyond it, and then I started thinking yet still having to write this book. Uh Then I started thinking, well, maybe the only way you can write a book about something is if you understand it so fully that you are over it. You know (laughs) what I mean? Like, you mastered it.
0: (laughs) Exactly. I think you guys are totally on point with something there because the same thing happened when I wrote Threads Not Dead. That was like the Bible Uh of t-shirt design. You know, every startup clothing company, you know, recommends it to other startup clothing companies. Like, this book you got to get if you're starting a line. You know, like, it's got everything you need to know. And it's got you know 50 some reviews on amazon which is good for a 50 dollar book you know yeah. and That's and huge. it's done really really well but right after i wrote it that was like i'm done with t-shirt design <laughs> i don't it's like i just i was priced out of most t-shirt design uh clients you know a lot of the bands they couldn't afford us anymore and the clothing companies couldn't afford us, and I was on to WMC Fest, and so I—that oh, wow. was my focus. And it was like the Threads Not Dead book was a closing chapter. It's like boom, I wrote the book, on to the next thing.
1: Totally, yeah, <laughs> that's how we feel. Yeah. So and maybe it's, it's not a curse. Maybe it's just closure. The closing for us. And <laughs> maybe
0: it is. I don't know. Yeah. But then you sort of feel like a fraud afterward. Like everyone looks at you <laughs> like the expert, and you're like, I don't know what I'm doing anymore. Sorry.
1: Yeah, I don't even do this anymore. <laughs> so. Yeah.
2: It was just—it was just so such a strange feeling because by the time that book was out yeah we we're already kind of yeah over a little bit we're still definitely doing that and it's still the stuff applies everything we wrote applies
1: it's still how i would
2: do it today do it today
1: I, well kind of yeah. mostly <laughs>
2: <laughs> but it's just so mm-hmm. strange what we're it's, just a, it's a surreal experience writing that book and still being in that kind of strange yeah strange place and it's kind of what you're saying too like we'll talk about the transition with the maps in a little bit but the we did so well last year but now it's kind of like be, people would say you're crazy, you know, just keep on doing these maps and it's like, yeah, if they, over. if
1: people knew, which they will soon, if they <laughs> knew what we did last week, they would say that we're insane. They would say that we're crazy. Okay. And I don't yeah. even care.
0: So tell me know. about that. Tell oh the my world. God. Okay.
1: All right. Well, <laughs> so we, this last two years has kind of been building up to this. Um, and I don't know if there's anyone out there that makes physical things and tries to sell them, especially art <laughs> that you're trying to sell. Um, it's a really strange feeling, essentially making the same piece of art for five years straight. It's very, very weird um, because it got to the point over the last two years that we weren't making anything new. We were actually longer than two years, really. Yeah. We were just trying to sell the stuff that we'd already made.
2: And make slight variations on it, colorways ways. Right. Different- very,
1: very small tweaks. Uh-huh. Um, because
2: we, we had something
0: that was working. Here comes Will.
1: Yeah, here comes the cat. Aww. Oh, hey.
0: Speaking of which, I got a cat that decided to crawl under the box under my desk, and it's <laughs> probably shaking the table with the mic stand on it.
1: Oh, <laughs> It's all this. They k- love k- k- podcasts. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yes. Yeah, so well, the cats Aww. are part of our podcast. So your cat's the, what his name is name was Will?
1: Yeah, yep. this is Will. Cool. Yeah. Nice to the meet you, The other one's hiding.
0: Yeah, <laughs> this Aww.
2: always happens during the podcast, because when I'm speaking, he thinks I'm talking to him, so he just
0: comes and just chills. Oh. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: So anyway, as you were saying, you were doing the same thing for two years, and
1: we were, and um,
0: and
2: we've changed so much because when we started, these are things. It was five years ago. Jen was like twenty one. I was twenty three. Yeah. And
1: yeah, something like that.
2: Yeah, around Around there. there. Yeah. Yeah, and our tastes have changed, the world has changed. The
1: world has completely changed. Like the way that we used to get the word out about our stuff, like it doesn't work anymore. It's yeah. totally changed. Blogs are dead, you know what I mean? Like it's like all the- Instagram now. It's, <laughs> it's everything's completely changed. Um, and I think most importantly, we have changed as yeah. artists. And this really first started coming up as an issue a couple years ago, but um, really in January, is when we first started saying, okay, this this might actually be time to do something about this. Our website was so old
2: <laughs> and, <laughs> and we
1: loved our site. Yeah,
2: and we loved our site and everyone loved our site. The first thing people would always say, we had this fully illustrated Parallax website. We spent months working on it. We were really proud of it.
1: We made it in 2012.
2: Yeah, we made yeah. it in 2012.
1: And it was great. We got, got
2: awards. It was like, it got us a lot of work. It was one of the best things I think we have ever made. Yeah, yeah. I
1: agree. Um, but we're not uh, web developers and we're not... <laughs> web designers really we don't really want those jobs so it was funny because all the emails we get about it we're like hey can you make one for me and we we're like no never no no never, never. Because, we,
2: because we honestly too that thing was like it was like the duct tape hot glued like
1: version of a website version of a
2: website <laughs> it was of so so broken behind the scenes but it worked for you know the average person it
1: did and then we went we said okay New year, we don't know what we're going to do yet this year, but I know that we need a new site. This thing's so old. Like our illustration style is totally different now. We just need to change it. So we sat down like, okay, we're going to reskin it because the concept was good. We're just going to reskin it. This is going to be great. We sat down and worked on it. He opened up the code and I opened up (laughs) Illustrator and we looked at each other and said,
2: can't do this.
1: I can't do this. Yeah, no.
2: this is impossible. And it's, it's, it's like going back three years. It's like it's a whole a different person might as well have ri- written this. this it's thing, like going this
1: back into a painting that you finished and put up in a gallery three years ago. I'm gonna like do another layer on top of it. it, it we looked at each other and said, this is, this is crazy. It's, it's like what you're
2: talking about that, that that attachment period. We're still attached to the old, but you want to move forward and mm. it's funny because you can't
1: you can't do it. It's you can't impossible. do it yeah. it's
2: It's two completely opposing thoughts. You can't be attached to something and be moving forward because it's always gonna kind of weigh you down. Right mm.
1: So we said, huh, I think it's time. Yeah.
2: So just one day we said, what's this we started looking at, okay, we'll design a new website. and we're like, well,
1: I don't want to design a website. I just yeah. want to have a website that yeah. says what we do. That's it. I love I
0: that. I don't want to it. design a website. I just want to have a website.
1: Right. Which in this day and age, there are beautiful tools like Squarespace that will let you do that. Yeah. So-,
2: so we just did that. We took one of their nice, simple themes and we're like, okay, this 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 will work. We don't have to go into any, we've changed one like CSS line, I think. Right. And it broke the site. So we're like, oh, we're not going to be messing with this. <laughs> so we, we just said, we're going to take this right out of the box. And we flipped it over. We thought the world would like shudder it's like oh god what have you done and nothing happened nothing happened except we
1: felt like a lightness of not having this old Mm. old version of ourselves Mm. on the internet which seems weird i mean it's no one even goes to anybody's website anymore right like i mean i I don't
0: know no i totally know what you mean you're (laughs) like you think the world's watching but no one really cares yeah no no one
1: cares no one cares at all i people i don't even think they've noticed and a few people have but what are you gonna do it's my website i took it down um so that was kind of step one for us and that was at the beginning of the year
2: um and then at that time we still had um our we had a shop on shopify so we didn't squarepus has commerce we're like well we still have our maps so we're gonna have this shopify shop we're still gonna sell the maps Mm -hmm. and we looked at that and we're like we don't really want to do this either
1: yeah it was this weird feeling like we looked at each other again and said i don't know i think i'm done (laughs) Like, I I just think I'm done. It was so weird. It wasn't like this big moment. It was just like we had sold so many that we were almost sold out of everything. Uh Um,
2: We we didn't get anything reprinted. So things were running out of stock and we're like.
1: Yeah, we hadn't reprinted anything in like a year at least. Um, We had moved everything into a new studio. We moved it out of my parents' basement into a studio when we moved into this apartment. Um, That was about a year ago. So, everything was all set up in the studio finally. And
2: (laughs) we had finally, like, there's these, like, peg boards that were, like, sitting against the wall. And we finally got, like, a huge hammer drill and drill and hammered into, like, concrete blocks. And then, like, the next week, we're like, well, maybe we don't need this thing anymore either.
1: Usually, our curse is when we take studio photos or we take, like, apartment photos, like, the space is done. We seriously always move, like, the next month. Uh huh. It's just how it goes. And so wow. we were hanging them up and I was like, ha ha, there they go. This <laughs> is the curse we're gonna move. And yeah. sure enough. We sure were enough,
2: like, yeah, our lease is coming up. We we're like, well, do we really need all this space anymore if we don't have all these giant maps? They said no, so we moved everything into our basement now.
1: Yeah, we, it, we just, we're done. We don't sell <laughs> maps anymore.
0: Wow, which so there amazing. you have it. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, it's crazy. I, we put the shop, well, really, there was an in-between step to that. Uh-huh. And that was, we put the shop on a little break and we decided to um, actually make art <laughs> for the first time in a couple years. Yeah,
2: instead of wow. um, selling what we used to have. And going back to kind of the root of what well, we started this thing in the first place was just to make fun so that we that we enjoyed making. Like, yeah. Because for a while, we're like, well, somebody said make a buffalo map. It's like I've never been to Buffalo, but I'll make a buffalo map for you. And, you know,
0: <laughs> it was a nice
2: map, but my heart's not in a buffalo map. Yeah,
0: Yeah. you would just get paid to do the illustration, right? Yeah, exactly.
1: We were right back where we started. (laughs) You know what I mean? Funny how sometimes that happens where like when we started making stuff for fun, which one of those things happened to be a map, um, we were trying to get away from the monotony of our day jobs. And now all of a sudden
2: it became even more monotonous,
1: became even worse. (laughs) I spent all of my time doing spreadsheets. Filling out spreadsheets of our product information to sell our stuff seriously at twenty percent of retail to just, people who don't mm. care about me, they yeah. don't care about art, yeah. they don't care about anything except getting cheap Uggs <laughs> and you know a really cheap framed print. Of, yeah, uh, that they're I don't I don't know it just it wasn't art anymore to, to us. us. Yeah,
2: and yeah. that was really people sad. People still enjoyed it, and that, that was what made it really hard too. Because people would they will continually buy stuff, but kind of that thrill of like when we sold we started things People were buying our art we like wow this is amazing but since it's like you said with the waking up you sell the same piece of artwork for five years you don't get that same feeling anymore it's like well okay it's right. sold another columbus map that's cool i guess but
0: it's yeah the same thing I've had. yeah it's so weird i was so transitory and, and like just fleeting you know
1: yeah exactly and that what you said about trying to recapture the magic where you're you're <laughs> in that how many years we spent and God, tens of thousands of dollars trying to make that happen again. Yeah. And it, it just. You
2: are mm-hmm. just trying to chase that first time. That first time when we released that first map and it sold out and it was like, wow, okay. Ever for the next next five years, we're like, we got to do that again.
1: And it's silly yep. because we <laughs> thought when that first happened, we thought, oh, we figured it out.
2: It's that done. was easy. That was easy. All you have to do is make <laughs> art you love, and then you you live happily ever after. And
1: they buy it, and that's so easy. <laughs> yeah, Watch, yeah. This is great.
2: And no one really talks about what happens after. Like you know, you hear all those talks about well, and I the talk ends with I quit my job, and everyone cheers yeah. and like, good job, you did it. It's like that's just the very very beginning of
0: everything. Yeah. yeah. Because then they start the new job that they have to quit, <laughs> and the yeah. cycle repeats itself. Uh, yep. You know, yeah. <laughs> And that's, that's, that, re- that reminds me of like Go Media trying to recapture the magic. So I first joined in 2006 and we were like, no one had heard of us and, you know, Go Media had been around for a few years before that, but. Um, they were flying very under the radar. They didn't have a huge online presence at that point. So here comes me with Mr. Social Media, MySpace Generation. <laughs> nice. And then I, I get on there and, and hurry up and make a MySpace page for Go Media. And <laughs> oh, my God. That's, that's awesome. real old school. And we started posting bulletins. <laughs> and we started posting thanks for the ad gifs and stuff like nice. that. Nice. You know, all that kind of good stuff that MySpace brought to the table, you know. It, it, and I have all these clothing companies and bands were up there. And all of our work was for, like, bands. Merch and stuff, so we just got popular on MySpace, and then we went and then right around that same time, we released the arsenal, our first vector pack, and we had the domain vectorpacks.com. And so, stock illustrations, we made seven different themes one was skulls, one was wings, one was like splatters. Okay, and then it was like it took us a a couple of days to make these. We put them online, we sold a few hundred dollars worth the first day. By the end of the first week, we made a few thousand dollars. Nice. Two thousand six, you started to become the year of like this big side project that just took off. In two thousand seven, we made almost um, we made our first million dollars as a company because wow. of it. That. Wow,
2: that's awesome. yeah, I, I used those for insane. so many of my college projects. <laughs> <laughs> packs.
0: I know. And then it started to become like when people contact us, you're like, you guys are like the Vector Pack company, right? And I'm like, no, 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 we're like a design agency. We do all this <laughs> important work. But we just got known for that, and and then then it was like continuously trying to recreate that magic. Like we had an uh-huh. eighty thousand dollar month in November 27, uh-huh. 2007. and we're like, oh my god, we were all like, we don't have so much cash, we don't even know what to do with, you know. <laughs> yeah. And and we were we we hired a bunch of employees, we bought our first bought our office building, and uh-huh. we renovated it, and you know we built out the dream studio, you we've know, we've made it, <laughs> we've made it, you know, and yep. we were like on the map officially, and then we got a lot of clients, we got featured in magazines they all came writing all this kind of stuff and then then all the copycats or the competition started coming up this was uh-huh. long before creative market this was now now there was like a graphic river and and um vector toots and and, uh. and like brush easy and vect easy all these yeah. free yeah. vector sites and that just started popping up, and then we saw all of our sales starting to drop and drop and drop and drop. And we're like, more, more. We kept pumping more energy into <laughs> into it, and we were, we started like hiring other illustrators who were better than us and had bigger names and stuff. So they were doing work for us, and it just we could never get back to where we were. And just seemed like no matter how hard we tried, it just wasn't there. And and then it was like, oh, we can't have another worse month than this until the next month, and then <laughs> then the next month, and. 2009 and that was like the big recession year when like the housing market collapsed and all that kind of stuff and the you know the banks were bailed out and and so we ended up losing quite a bit of money that year and we ended up having the layoff staff and for the first time ever and like people that were like family to us you know our designers were like sorry you know and that was really really tragic and tough but it was like that recreating the magic period it's really brutal and even still to this day, it's like a constant trying to like release new products that we think are going to be the next big thing. And, yeah. And that 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 idea you didn't have that when you first started business. You didn't, I know. You didn't have this idea of like the next big thing. I got to figure it out. I got to create this thing that's going to be viral and take off because right. I my livelihood depends on it. If I don't, then I'm I'm crushed. I have nothing. You know. I can't just hack away at it with like one or two clients and making like twenty four thousand dollars a year. You know. Like I've built a lifestyle. Yeah. And, and so that's kind of where we ended up. And even though the arsenal at Go Media is not as good as it was, it's still just kind of chugging along. A lot of people still recognize it as an authority, but it's nowhere near the magical feeling as it used to be. Now it's just like a job. Like the, they, the <laughs> yeah. new new designers come in, and then then they they work on the arsenal. Like they just got hired at a at a company that makes clip art, and now they that's like the magic is almost gone. You know?
1: Yeah. Man, that's so funny because I, I wonder if you ever can get back to that. <laughs> that's the whole reason why we're doing this hundred day project is mm-hmm. seeing if we can kind of trick our minds into getting back to that point where uh-huh. you don't have that little hope yeah. in the back of your head that something's going to hit like it did the first time. And I don't know that we'll ever be able to get rid of that now because we've, it's like you've, you've seen how the sausage is made. So you, you know, what's possible. <laughs> yeah. Um,
2: but, th- but the uh-huh. world has changed so much, like you said, too, with the competition. And for, for us even, too, it's not really, you know, people are making maps before so make maps after us. Um, but just the fact that, I mean, Etsy's gone pu- public. Like, these kind of, like, mm. handmade, homebrew kind of product-based businesses, they're a dime a dozen. Before, like, when we said we were selling maps, we were like, what do you mean? It's selling artwork online now? It's like, oh, yeah, you have an Etsy or something? It's yeah, like,
1: just like everyone I know. Everyone, yeah. It's, yeah,
2: it's- it's so saturated. Like, yeah, um, yeah. we're on a um, we're on Fab when it first came out. You're familiar with Fab, the flash mm-hmm. sale site. Mm-hmm. We're on that when it first came out, and we cleared that first Fab sale we did. It was like the first month in business. We did maybe I think forty fifty thousand dollars in three in days, three days. Oh, and yeah. we're like, wow. Like we're this is back when we were like living <laughs> we a five hundred dollar month apartment.
1: We were like, bitch.
2: We're, we'll never have to work a day in our lives again. <laughs> like we're done, and. And um, it was just a completely different world because there's a new fab now, and every week so far we we've done we've done it so far too. Jen, we, yeah, we did.
1: This was the this was the last straw for <laughs> me. <laughs> I filled out yet another spreadsheet, uh-huh. and we had yet another sale on this new fab that everyone, all us designers, are like, oh, I hope this is going to be fab 2.0. Uh, we made. 50
2: dollars <laughs> oh over, over the five days <laughs> in to like, five days oh. and i was
1: like thank you t- <laughs> and, time and, and, of and death we're done, yeah
2: we're done and every week every day actually they posted map themed or travel themed work so it's kind of like something that used to be used to be cool yeah. yeah
1: used it's, to be a big thing and yeah we see all of our uh fellow map makers on there every uh, single day i get the email and i hold my phone in omar's face and i'm like hey look who's on there today <laughs> yeah it's
2: like another, another another map company and it just it, oh it is just really strange trying to recreate that and, and we see lots of other companies um not lots but a few have gotten big and you see a lot of people once you see the money's there like you said with the, with the vector packs you have
1: yes hundreds
2: of people thousands of people trying to enter that market trying to get a piece of that pie mm-hmm. and it's hard not to get lost in that kind of shuffle yeah
1: and it's the way of things you know i think as a as an artist we kind of have an advantage in that we're always kind of wanting to do something new anyway um it's just hard when you get it's hard when you have something it does well because then you feel a pressure to stick to it and, and you, it's hard
2: when you are rely on it for your money yeah too because yeah it's it's easy to want to create new stuff but it's always a big risk when you create something new too because it costs money it takes time
1: huge risk when we talk about a huge risk we thought that uh Stationery was going to be like the thing for us we thought this is great we see all these like little independent companies that turn into big independent companies uh-huh. making these greeting cards and so we put I, how much money over two years like
2: probably 40 50
1: 60, 50, 60 yeah wow. many tens of thousands of dollars <laughs> into printing cards and doing two trade shows and um
2: just no just no return
1: no no return big loss big loss yeah big loss um and it just didn't yeah. It didn't pan out at all.
2: Yeah.
1: And um yeah, last week we threw
2: a bunch of cards away. <laughs>
1: tens of thousands of greeting cards into well, recycled. Recycled. We recycled <laughs> at least.
2: It Great. was it was one of those attachment <laughs> things we had every day we went to our studio, we saw like we've sold we've sold like, hundreds of them at this point, but when you we get sold 20-
1: thousands with the Nordstrom order. Yeah, but yeah.
2: when you have when you get 24,000 of something printed you will never sell. No them.
1: <laughs> selling if you sell 1,000 out of 24,000 things it still looks like 24,000 things and it takes <laughs> it up a lot of room yeah. in a warehouse. And every that we day to we went for. in there
2: and it was like kind of taunting us we're like we just have to just cut it at some point get rid of this attachment.
1: And it was last week we we decided probably two or three weeks ago that we weren't going to renew our lease at our studio which meant that we had a lot of stuff to find homes for. We had the remainder of the maps and we had the remainder of the cards and Mm -hmm. all of our shelving. And I mean, it's a 1200 square foot space packed with stuff from our trade shows and everything. So it was last week and we woke up and it was another one of those moments, just like the website. I said, today's the day, (laughs) today's the day. I'm done. And we backed the car into the space. We put 24,000 cards into the back of the car, drove it a block and a half to the, recycling bin and we have filmed a lot of cool slow-mo video like, <laughs> chucking cards in and it felt awesome
2: it's it's it like it's like best. those were on our back you know we we're just we didn't even notice it every day we we're walking with like this 100 pounds of paper on our back and now it's just <gasps> gone so how many yeah.
1: spaces we've moved it to to our first warehouse down to my parents basement to this space and then to the it was just i can't touch these things one more time and they're slippery because they're <laughs> they were bundled in packs of 25 with this like shrink wrap. And so they were slippery. They're falling everywhere. I'm just like, so (laughs) over it. (laughs) Wow. Just get out of here. Yeah. So that's what we did last week. And I think that it might seem kind of crazy to throw away, you know, how many thousands of dollars did we spend getting those printed? But I said, it's not, it wasn't about the money and it wasn't even about the designs because I still like the designs. We're still
2: really proud of the designs. It was just not this wouldn't sell. <laughs> it was,
1: it's just not what we, mm-hmm. I didn't need them anymore. Uh-huh. I was just over it. And it's that non-attachment, I think, that lets you move on. Um, yeah. I don't know. It, it felt really good.
0: Yeah, yeah it's got to get to a point where getting rid of it feels like relief and freedom, you know? Yes. You, it's almost like you have to naturally get to that state where your body is really up, like saying this is the time. Because, you know, maybe two weeks ago you couldn't have gotten rid of it. Yeah, Yeah, exactly, and that was the case.
2: It's like it's like a tipping point. It really Mm -hmm. is like one more grain of like sand, and then all of a sudden, the entire.
1: And then you can just like breathe out and let it go. (laughs) Felt so good. Chuck it into that can. Mm -hmm. It was an awesome moment. Yeah.
0: So, gosh, this this brings up this question. Like, what does this all mean? To like, you had your you had a taste of success, just like I had a taste of success. Success in quotes here. Uh Yeah. where Where we made. We both made, like, a lot of money, so to speak. Yeah. I mean, yeah. me as a partner at Go Media, we never really paid ourselves a lot of money, but we built mm. a business with it, um, which yeah. a lot yeah. of people don't have that opportunity to do. So they're still struggling and scraping to get by, but you got a chance to experience fame and fortune to mm-hmm. a moderate amount, for, especially for artists. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so did I. And then now we have this recreating the magic stage and all this pressure to come up with the next big thing, not only as a way to maintain our lifestyle, but then... Just to feel like this is we were where we were, and there's this perceived decline that we felt. Or a right. per, perceived like we're not we're going backwards in life or something like that. But I'm starting to believe that none of that is even true. All that is an illusion anyway. But I don't know exactly where to go because I there's still a pressure for me to make money, to mm-hmm. make yeah. something, to, to use my abilities as a creator and an artist to to make something valuable for other people yeah. to to buy or whatever it is so then I can afford to eat. Um, but even like with my book, like I, I thought it was going to be the next thing for me that's going to help sustain me so I can be independent. But I had about $1,500 of sales the first week and then about $50 since. And that was about, it's been a month that I've made like $50 off my book. And I've got several op- buying options that are worth more than $50, uh-huh. <laughs> just yeah. in one product and, and uh, I just haven't sold anything and I'm like okay I blog regularly I post a lot on social media I'm sharing constantly I feel like my landing page is is perfect it's got testimonials it's got call to actions it's got everything yeah it looks
1: great mm-hmm. it
0: looks great people probably buy and be like oh my god Jeff is doing awesome look at this book you know Yeah. Um, and oh Jeff's got it figured out he's, he's this morning routine guru he knows all about <laughs> self-help and um but to be completely honest the book isn't selling at all and and I have a high 50 shirts here that I bought from that I had printed you know on American apparel tri blends which costs like $12 a blank yes, or something do. ridiculous <laughs> but it's like my favorite shirt and and I and I and I only got 50 this time because I always get 100 and I never even sell like 10 so
1: i <laughs> <laughs> here oh my god
0: <laughs> so I have them I'm like okay I better post them on Instagram I'm going to post it on Facebook I got to remind people to buy it And then no one buys it or maybe one or a few other people buy it. I'm just like, I feel like such a hustler and that's not who I am. I'm like, I'm done hustling. I don't even want to be on social media. Imagine a world where I didn't have to pay, worry about what my Facebook updates were going to be. It's just like, so what do we do? Like go, go 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 get a part-time job and like, just, I mean, (laughs)
1: uh, well, I can tell you, I have been on the Jenny's ice cream (laughs) job site many times, (laughs) many, many times. Um, but you know the the fact is we are fortunate enough to still be able to um be doing freelance work that pays a lot of our expenses, so that definitely um made definitely. it easier for us to make the decision to you know kind of move on from the map shop stuff but
2: also yeah. similarly too um after this lease is done at the end of this month, this is the least amount of money we'll be been spending since we started this, 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 business. Yeah. Speaking so, of a
1: lifestyle, uh, <laughs> you know, maintaining a lifestyle. Sometimes the easiest thing to do is, um,
2: just cut everything, cut
1: everything. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, was, like, it, was,
2: it was a lot more convenient having a 1200 square foot studio where we had, you know, our printers there. Um, now we're in like, you know, a basement where like ceiling is like one inch taller than me. I've, I've already, I already head butted the, the light and bent it right in half. He
1: busted a light with his head.
0: <laughs> light bulb like shattered <laughs> on yes. his head. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, it was one of those CFLs, so it just kind of broke out of its socket. It bent. <laughs> <laughs> but oh. it was like sputtering and like <laughs> was sparking. Like, oh, was like, oh shit! We
2: yeah. need like a yeah and um, cage for this. yeah, really cutting back our expenses. A, yeah. good, a good deal. So that's yeah,
1: yeah. We're kind of trying to. I mean, and you even said you know you move, you do what you need to do to be able to kind of make it work. Um,
2: because that's that's the easy. That is the best solution. That's what we found. Okay. Because we had the social media discussion too, like, oh, I should have to post so much or that kind of stuff. The easiest way to do that, we see our other friends that have jobs, they have to have a normal job. They only use social media to update pictures right. of their cats or whatever. And right. that's, 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 that's the way that you can, you can do that. But something inside of us, once you get that taste of like the freedom of not working for anybody, it's impossible to go back. And-
1: I don't think we can do yeah. it. Yeah. I, I really don't think, I think I'm completely unemployable at this point. I don't think I could do it.
2: Yeah. And it's, and it's tough because that's the solution to so many of the problems, but I, we would rather make so many more sacrifices on our end in order to have that freedom to
0: work for ourselves. Yeah, Yeah, I know. And, and, people are listening who don't work for themselves that are working full-time jobs or can't find employment and it's all that stuff and people will be jealous and envious of us because oh you yeah. guys get to work for yourself you know not everyone can do that yeah and while I do feel envious or I mean I do feel fortunate to be in that situation um but at the same time I know what it's like it's like I can't go, go work for somebody else I have to, I mean I can if I'm like learning something new or if I'm like participating in something that matters to me like I'll work for a part-time job and put in my time Turn off the time clock at the end of it, you know, and know that I know that that uh, maybe I'll go work at a screen printing shop or whatever for ten dollars an hour. Uh-huh. Yeah, so I can like learn something new, and it's like maybe I'm working with people that are interesting to me, gets me out of the house. Yeah, yeah. those types of things. I might I might do something like that, but yeah, I, it's weird. Once you've got that taste of it, you feel like you have to maintain it, and uh uh-huh. um Yeah, it's like this the maker mistake. Or um, yeah, we're we're makers, but we're trying to like live a life in, in alignment with what are what we're passionate about and stuff like that too yeah well so okay you guys are doing this new thing this 100 things project yeah and, and so i've seen you guys sharing it all over social media and all these little things that you're making are like really really cool just like small you do that in the basement you just create yeah, these little so, buttons and patches and stuff
1: so we um have some outsourced help <laughs> to help <laughs> that's us awesome. make oh um, good make some of it yeah but some of it we are making on our own um That project really started um, when we first started feeling earlier this year, like, hey, we might be really done with the map thing. Well, what does that mean? We still have to make stuff. Um, And and so
2: we we thought about it in kind of the old way. Okay, well, what do we do before? Well, we think about a big launch. We'll get, you know, 40 items ready or 50 items. We'll do a big rebranded relaunch kind of thing.
1: Yeah. And then we thought, well, that's how we've been doing it. And I don't like that (laughs) anymore. Um, It's a lot of
2: pressure on one day.
1: Right. On one day, here's our new stuff, and do you like it? And we thought, no, it needs to be more of an exploration. Like, if we go back to when we first started making art together, what did that look like? And it was us on a Friday night going to Hobby Lobby or, you know, the art store, seeing what kind of spoke to us, spending 10 bucks, buying some stuff, and then tinkering all weekend um, and coming up with something at the end. And so that's kind of the model that we. Um, wanted to go back to was kind of this exploration that we're not limited on a subject matter of maps or anything we're not limited to a medium we're not limited to anything really just what would happen if we actually sat down and made art every day every day Mm -hmm. um yeah so that's kind of where where that came from
2: and also to kind of with this This world we live in now with the social media stuff is that if you post something once, you can't post something once because people, you know, might not be looking at it at that moment. They don't see it. Yeah. So by doing Mm -hmm. things every day, we're keeping people, we're always, you know, inundating people with new stuff that we're doing. That's one thing people asses all the time because we never launched anything new we'd be too too busy selling the old selling the old and so we had nothing to talk about so they talked to us like oh are you guys doing anything right now Like they
1: thought we were like dead I always look at my little brother as the perfect example if he notices that we've done something or thinks that it's cool like i can assume that like the general public that's probably like their perception of us too so or,
2: or if we go over there and he says like you guys haven't really been doing anything lately have you that's what he
1: says <laughs> yeah what have you guys been doing like i haven't seen anything and i'm like oh but will we've been uh filling you know, out
2: spreadsheets and packing orders like, right you know.
1: redesigning a shopify store that no one goes to and like <laughs> you know it, so he doesn't see that so neither does anybody else it looks like we're just doing nothing uh-huh. um so we said we're gonna make it look like we're doing a lot because <laughs> we are doing a lot uh-huh. um and it was actually really uh good timing it was
2: very strange timing
1: yeah it was super weird we came up with this idea like at the end of february i uh-huh. think and we said okay we'll give ourselves like a month head start
2: yeah that's, that's um, where we got some of the patches and the pins made because we can't make those every day like so we had to get those
1: yeah, we designed some stuff in advance because we knew we wanted to make enamel pins because they're uh, so cool. Um, and, and we knew we wanted to make patches uh-huh. and they take a little bit of time, a couple of weeks. Um, mm-hmm. So we worked kind of towards this early April ish kind of deadline to start doing this project. And about a week before we got an email from the great discontent. I don't know if you read them. They're super cool.
0: I know about them. Yeah,
1: yeah like a design kind of interview magazine. Mm hmm. And uh, they were kind of hosting this hundred day project. Um, I, I don't know what. Like, they have a hashtag for it. And anyway, they were encouraging people to do a hundred day project.
2: And at first, and, we're like, "Oh no, we're screwed! They're they're doing it, and this is going to be our big plan. It's going to be so <laughs> unique and so different. Like, we're going to do things for a hundred days, and all of a sudden, we get emails that's oh, been do- going on for like two or three years."
1: Yeah, and we were like, "Oh no! Like, they're going to start the same time we were." And I was like, "Oh, well, we'll just..." do it as a part of theirs. I mean, it's not even a part of anything. You just use the hashtag, right? I mean, (laughs) like you said, I wish we didn't have to use social media. I'm (laughs) like a super private person. I don't, it's a lot to keep up with. Um, But
2: But it's the only way people know that you're even alive anymore. It's the world
1: we live in now. We have to do it.
2: If we didn't use social media, we would not be selling anything. Almost All our sales come from Instagram
1: and it's actually it's getting more fun now. I'm having a little <laughs> more fun with it now that we actually have something to post. I always had such an anxiety about I don't have anything to show. I it's have all spreadsheets old stuff. Yeah. and boxes of, you know, cardboard boxes to show people.
2: In a dirty garage. In a dirty garage. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> um yeah, but that was kind of the inspiration for the uh, 100 things project. And,
0: and so it's some of the tell tell us about some of the things that you're making. I mean, I see like a I like the um what was that the Facebook one? It was like anti-social media yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it had a little thumbs down. And yeah, then you, had, the you had another thumb. one. It was like, um, uh, like I tried my best little certificate. Like a little yeah. ribbon.
1: Yeah. 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 So every single thing is, they're very personal, um, mm-hmm. to us. So like every single thing that we're making has to do with either something that we like or that we've experienced or like that little ribbon was a replica of, um, one that Omar has had sitting on his desk for like years and Yeah,
2: I, I look at, it at the end of every day and I say, okay, I, 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 I did my best. Yeah, I just, just so that's all cute. I can do. Yeah, one <laughs> yeah, of my friends got it for me when he went to the China. So it was one of these weird like Chinese patches. It's it's, But um, yeah, because that's one thing we really wanted to do because the maps didn't have as much of a personal mm-hmm. connection with us at that point anymore. And we said everything we got to do has to come from our heart.
1: Yeah, that Mm -hmm. was really the only goal. Like everything else was open to interpretation. But as long as it was something that we felt like us and felt like us now today, like which is different from the us of five or six years ago. Yeah. Um, So it was a little scary to think like, oh, my God, we're going to be showing people something that's completely different from what.
2: Mm-hmm. They see the seen, last five, five years. The last right. five years, like whenever we would go, so we're like, "Oh, yeah, you guys are the map people. You guys must love maps." We're like, I guess I, the maps and are I'm okay. Like, yeah, but. <laughs> we, the,
0: we, we made a map because we love travel, not necessarily because we love
1: maps. Maps, yeah. Yeah. So it was like, just the, weird. the map just
0: happened to be a viral thing that took off, and we capitalized on it, and we thought <laughs> we had to go down there and do it over and over yeah. again. Right. And then they back away slowly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> we,
2: we don't. We tried not to say that anymore because you can see like their hearts get like crushed in their in their
0: bodies. I know because they want you to be like the mad people. Yeah, like they do. Sparkly and alive with. Yeah. yeah, and then we start talking about like the occult and stuff. They're like, Yeah,
1: oh. I feel like when
2: people, <laughs> nice.
1: Yeah, we knew there was an issue when people met us, and I, you could see in their eyes. I think, God, I could go on a on a tangent about like gurus and like how people look online, but they think they know you, but they have no idea. You know what I mean? (laughs) And that applies to everybody that you think, you know, I feel like whether they're a peer or someone you look up to, everyone's just a person. So, but Mm -hmm. we knew we were, you're also in control of what you project out. You're in control of what you show other people. Uh And I felt like with our stuff, we had boxed ourselves into this, such a small piece that we would show to people that when they actually met us, there was a disconnect there.
2: And and you can't blame them because that's what we showed them. We showed them. Exactly. Maps. We showed them maps and we showed them a cute little face that represented ourselves. So of course I think we're cute map people.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's, a, yeah, I'm not, it's, the, it's a fault on us. It's that we weren't being necessarily authentic. We didn't let our, I don't know, the public version of ourselves grow up as the, real version of ourselves did does that make uh, sense
0: yeah like in alignment like because you yeah you choose to project this image online and then you have like your real personality behind all of that stuff and yeah. I, and some people choose to like separate it like i'm gonna be my real me offline and this is the people my friends and family know who i really am but then my business online i sell maps like yeah and the people that know me for that that's okay like I remember listening to a Sean West podcast and he talked a lot about, about that too. Like curate what you share, like be known for one thing, be known for like the lettering guy, you know, type yeah. of thing, be known for breaststroked hand lettering with like only two colors or something really, yeah. really like specific. And then, but like the flip side of that is how terribly limiting it feels and inauthentic it feels because I think as humans, we just want to be, we don't want to belong. We want to feel like we're ourselves and safe to belong. But when we project a, an image out there online that maybe was us, and then now we have to conform to that, and we we can't feel like we can't grow or even express a different part of our personality because now it's going to hurt something, and we're not going to be as lovable or as as um we can't survive as easily because sales are low. And I and I experienced this too when I started my Maker or Mistaker or blog because I started coming I started writing about how I was depressed and. And that was a huge thing because everyone expects me to be like on on it and like, you know, like I had a lot of success and I had cool design work. So it's like, oh, I was depressed, you know, to, to me when I was posting it, it was so terrifying to be to come out. I felt so embarrassed like I to to, to 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 say that I was depressed. Like I felt like yeah. oh, I, have got- I can't say it because, you know, look at all the people that really have a hardship and who am I right. to be depressed There's so Brene Brown talks about the shame gremlins and then one of them is I'm ashamed to be depressed and the other one is well fine I'm not going to be ashamed to be depressed I'm going to post about it and then the other shame gremlin says well who the heck do you think you are to talk about that (laughs) you know and yeah and now that the stuff that I'm into I mean the stuff that I'm into now I'm into some weird stuff I'm into the occult I'm into the esoteric (laughs) and consciousness and spirituality and metaphysics and new agey stuff and, it's, and I'm going through it. It's very new. It's new to me as of two and a half years ago, but it's exciting to me, and I want to talk about it. But I knew as soon as I start talking about it, it's not on my brand, you know. <laughs> I know. So what do I, so How stupid. do I
1: do it? <laughs> I, I okay. I like scribble down little phrases that I want to turn into like buttons or patches or whatever. And one of them is kill your brand. <laughs> kill your brand. I don't need. I'm a. We always talk about how this is a, a pos business, a piece of shit business.
2: <laughs>
1: we, I think a lot of that wanting to stay on brand comes from this, like.
2: It's kind of an inferiority thing. Like saying, okay, the difference between me and like a brand making millions is the fact that they're so on brand, but.
1: Right. It's this wanting to project this image of being so professional and so on brand when in reality we're a pos. And I say <laughs> that with love. It's mm-hmm. that to yeah, me we're, means, we're, we're
2: so fortunate. We're so happy to be able to put, to support ourselves and support our cats and live live this life. And but, make
1: art for a living. It's yeah. a beautiful thing. But We're I can't pretend millions. that it's a real business. <laughs> like it's not. It's not. It's not a real thing. And when you try to make it seem like a real thing, I feel like that's where you get stuck in that trap of not being able to just be yourself. Um, which it sucks. I hate brands. <laughs> I hate brands. More people, Ugh. yeah.
0: Yeah, and I mean, as a designer who works with brands, like, how, could, how <laughs> yeah. can you possibly say that, Jen? I mean, <laughs> that's your clients. They start brands, and then they hire you to design for them and do their logos. And
1: Well, you know what's a brand? <laughs> Burger King is a brand.
0: Yeah, and
2: I'm happy. I am
1: not a brand. Yeah,
2: I'm happy to work. We're happy to work for Burger King yes. and follow their brand guidelines <laughs> and do whatever, but I'm not going to make as much money as Burger King my entire life. I don't want to make as much money as Burger King.
1: I don't want to be a brand. Yeah, <laughs> That was a big thing for us, too, is... There, I think in every industry, there are um, success stories and examples of people or companies that are like super duper successful and that everybody kind of looks up to them as like, oh, this is like what we should all be striving for. It was a really big moment when we could look at each other and say, I don't want that. Mm -hmm. I don't want to ever have employees. I don't ever want to really even have an office space at this point. Um, Mm -hmm. I just I am not interested in that. And that's not really something that's talked about. Everything's always, let's get bigger. And yeah, let's do, the, grow let's do the this. next
2: big thing. Everyone goes, oh, we're going to get interns. We're going to get this. It's like, I don't want this.
1: Right. Are you doing the, the stationary show again this year? And I'm like, no, nope. <laughs> no way, man. Mm-hmm. It's I'm getting smaller by the day and I'm so happy about it. Yeah. Yeah. It's great.
0: Yeah. So it's like, you're cutting out the fluff and you're simplifying. And, and for me, that was such a relief when I um, started following my sort of spiritual guidance. This, this, this feeling that I wanted a simpler life yeah. And I started getting attracted to like having no goals, having less, having less, having less and getting rid of clutter. And of course, I couldn't get rid of clutter in the way that the, all the online tutorials teach you how to get rid of clutter. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm like, I it just was too much work. I mean, and, and I also noticed that I've got a, an inherent laziness about me where I, I just have an aversion to constantly hustling and working hard. And that definitely contrasts with sort of the modern entrepreneurial spirit of, Hustle, bust your ass, you know, sh- show up every single day and, you know, pursue your passion and all that kind of stuff. And I feel like I'm missing out on life or something because yeah. it takes it takes the fun out of it, especially when your passion becomes your job. And then now you have to, like, live your live your job and show up every day. Otherwise, you're going to go broke and um, and. Also, I'm talking. I, I was with Make or Mistaker. I share a lot of personal stuff in my sort of spiritual journey, and it gets into the weird stuff. And I started writing about out of body experiences. And this is where it got weird because this felt authentically me to the point enough where I was confident to share it. You know, there's obviously I can't be extremely transparent, I can only write so much and to have people really believe it's me. But that was the first time I started getting like haters or people that um, disagreed with my my beliefs, and they were wow. like, constantly trying to a few people on Facebook were bothering me about trying to prove to me that it wasn't real and and then I remember Jen I saw you had a uh, you Instagrammed like a David Icke book yeah uh-huh okay so and so David Icke is somebody that I'm not I'm not like a huge follower or whatever but I'm aware of him and I've watched a few of his his lectures online like a nine-hour oh. lecture um and you watch they, the have, whole thing? they have yes. so
2: many long oh. YouTubes <laughs> yes oh my god he's I prolific the whole thing.
0: He is he's he's very prolific, all right. But he's like a he's like a, a conspiracy nut, right? That's yeah. what a lot of people will say. So I remember the first time I posted something that was came from his website or was written by him, I just got all these people from people that were in my circle of influence. They were designers. They were people I looked up to. They're like, like you know, he's an anti semite and a Jew hater and blah 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 blah. So like, um, and I'm like, like I didn't know that or I don't even I don't know. And then they're basically saying, and then they told me like. Jeff, you know I respect you, but I really feel sorry for you. Don't go down this path. Please don't let them carry you away to the loony bin, you know? Oh. And I just started feeling like this like okay, I'm I can't even share what I what I want because I'm feeling like I'm getting ostracized from like my community. Right. Or something like that. So it's weird. It takes a lot of guts to to talk about this stuff. Of course, there's like a huge community of people that already talk about it and they don't care. But like I built up this reputation online that now I had to, to deal with. I couldn't change or couldn't be who I was.
1: Right. Yeah. I mean, we went through something similar. I mean, it's it's hard when your public perception is one way and then you kind of go down a different path it's it takes guts to have an opinion yeah it's not popular
2: and i think that's one thing that's actually kind of interesting too because i we always know that we're doing something right when there are the haters when there are people that are unfollowing us it's because we were at the very beginning right when we first had our first map we had so many negative comments about that map. Oh
1: my God. People so. saying like, oh,
2: you forgot this place looks like crap. They actually said like, "What creative plus map equals crap. Like it was like some real crazy comments. Oh my God. But it was funny because as the time went on, the negative comments went way down, but so did really so any was comments. The positive. Yeah, right. So positive. Right. Because
1: we weren't really doing anything that was making any sort of statement yeah. at all.
2: We're trying to be safe. We're saying, okay, what's, what's a map that we can do that will not offend anybody and will make everyone happy? And... We, this a, it's an old, you know, old saying, but you're trying to make everybody happy. You make no one happy. And worse than that mm-hmm. is you make no one even notice. Like no one even notice. Right. We're even around. Yeah. This it was so kind, of kind of interesting
1: of like, to watch it get like more and more safe as time went on. And I thought the first, it's not like maps are really, I didn't think they were that controversial.
2: Oh, why would somebody are.
0: get offended? Okay. I, by nature of including cities, you're going to exclude cities, right?
2: Exactly. Yeah, exactly. But people had, had such a very strict idea of, what a map is. A map is this thing I see at school that has every city labeled, every river labeled, has the right whatever.
1: Yeah, Mm -hmm. it's just, it's a very personal thing too, Uh these locations and they're like, people's definitions of like, even neighborhood boundaries are different. And so like, (laughs) if, I I don't know, we had a more free (laughs) form approach with it. It was not very technical. So Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. really bugged some people. Um, But yeah, over time, it did get more,
2: like, like, Safe. like, as we've been doing this project too. usually, like, usually it's with the tarot cards. There's a the one where we had that big pentagram on the tarot card. Oh, we lost. Actually, so <laughs> this is great.
1: Okay. So like, right before we started the hundred day project, we worked with a website, um, to sell some of our like old overstock stuff.
2: Mm-hmm. And it's, they're, they're a great, great website.
1: They're there. awesome. I love them. Um, but they're primarily, primarily Mormon mommy bloggers on this website. So we got a bunch of followers. And even over the years, like our map audience has skewed more
2: towards like, you know, like
1: like moms. moms like yeah. Moms. Like, cool moms. Um <laughs> and now all of a sudden we're like tarot cards. And
2: like,
0: <laughs> like I don't think
1: weird stuff that they're yeah. like, what the heck is well, this? What
0: other weird stuff do you guys make? So you guys have done the illustrations that are tarot related. I saw you had an Illuminati pin. Yeah, yeah. we had a
1: cool Illuminati pin. Some alien, um, stuff. some alien stuff. And even just the just the photos themselves, like we went from very soft colors, lots of white, to almost hurt your eyes, neon, like these big pops of color. Like uh-huh, just, we,
2: And even our cards, too, they went from being subtle tone-on-tone tone vintage colors to...
1: Very soft, very sweet, to uh-huh. in-your-face, like almost like, I don't know, they just have a lot more, everything has more attitude, visually, conceptually, mm. everything. And, and that's more in line with who we are.
2: And every post we do, we lose...
1: We lose a lot of followers. We lose
2: followers, But, but we, we also gain more followers and that's kind of the cool things that you can kind of shed the old and bring in the, the new and mm-hmm. it's people that are more, like somebody followed us and his name like Capitalism Sucks.
1: Capitalism Sucks. <laughs> um, who else is following us? Like some cool people. Like I look at these people and I'm like, yeah, these are people like I'd be friends with. I'd, where
2: I'd, I'd, I'd hang with, yeah. So
1: it's actually good. It, it mm-hmm. is. It's a shedding of the skin and like the people who are not down with the new you are just going to do their thing mm-hmm. and the people who now we haven't had any like vocal <laughs> haters, yeah we
2: haven't like, had like people trying like...
1: to pull us out of the dark side of like um,
2: <laughs> making weird
1: of making weird art but um
2: but people will always have an opinion I think Brene Brown said it too um, she talked about um like uh, what she said about the dis- disappointment she said when people are disappointed oh. in you it's because you behaved in a way that they did not expect that's nothing to do with you it's
1: not about your behavior it's about their expectation of your behavior yeah so that's Mm -hmm. that's totally what it is in your case especially it's that you are not believing in what they would expect you to believe or what they want you to believe or do
0: what
1: they want you to do Uh Yeah.
0: yes and then i just recently posted is that that was two years ago when i Well, about a year, a year and a half ago was when I started having I was actually engaging in debates on whether out-of-body experience is real, (laughs) even though like I had one and this was the, and I was so excited to share it on Facebook. This corresponded with my first out-of-body experience blog post. And so I had a bunch of people that were sort of supporters of that, you know, notion and then a bunch of people that were doubting and questioning it. So anyway, now today I, or this week I posted that I'm going to a six day workshop at the Monroe Institute. All about out of body exploration. And it's from one of my favorite teachers, William Buhlman. He's, he's, I've written, I've read three of his books about, you know, adventures out of the body, adventures in the afterlife, and using out of body travel and astral projection to like explore the deeper you, you know, explore life's biggest questions and other dimensions of consciousness and the multidimensional universe and all this stuff. So I'm super excited about it. So I'm like, hey, I posted, I'm officially going to the workshop. And then that's when the guy commented, he said, he's like, He's like, well, Jeff. I've been a fan of yours for years. Sorry, but it's painful to watch you go down this path. Like, oh. it's almost like this faux concern for me. Like, and they're saying, like, you know, best of luck. Like, you know, and it's it's then weird, don't watch. It's this weird <laughs> patronizing watch. like concern. Like they yeah. think that they're like, you know, oh, bless your heart, you're doing so good, but don't go down that path. That's the bad path, you know. Oh.
1: And and it just totally
0: invalidates you. Like it's just a yeah. weird dismissal of who you really are. Like it's a total judgment, and I don't know where where people can get off on that type of judgment, you know. And yeah. I, well, I, but I also remember too when I used to feel that way when people would talk about aliens and and ghosts as if they were, you know, real in everyday life. You know, my mom was a big conspiracy theorist. That so she she she's the one who kind of started me on this path in a weird way, but not 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 really by my choice. She used to always preach to me about how the new world order is going to take over and the one world government and, and the Illuminati and all that stuff. And I used to be like, mom, come on. I don't want to hear it. I live in my own world where none of this even exists. None of this even happens. I'm perfectly fine. I do not want to choose to live in a world where there are Satanists ruling the world. Um, uh-huh. Even though there is, that is, that's true. Um, <laughs> I've, I've come to find that out, but okay, that's another story. <laughs> but yeah, so now it's, I don't know where I was going with that, but I just wanted to share the, the changing of the, of like the audience or so to speak in this idea of followers and people have expectations of you and you have to, you have to like live up to these expectations. But I'm like, we're human beings. I'm a person. You're a person. Like, um, we're not our brands online. It's just like, he's like, I was a follower of you. I and My first, my first um, review on this podcast was a one-star review because they had followed my work and now I'm talking about magical thinking bullshit with like psychics oh. on, on my first episode. <laughs> and it's like, wow, you know, I'm not trying to judge anybody else. I'm following my curiosity. And, you know, it's a little dangerous to like follow your curiosity into the unknown. And then you've got people like, that just try to prevent you from traveling that path, but I think that's the that's what happens when you go toward your path. If you feel conflicted on the inside, you reflect it. You experience that conflict externally through people that doubt you, and uh, they they uh. reflect back your own self doubt internally.
1: Yeah, I can see that. And
0: another good quote that we we watch a lot of Shark Tank. I'm not sure if you watch that show. It's I don't our watch favorite. it, but I've heard of, heard a
2: lot about it. It's so good for anyone that runs their own business, doesn't no matter what kind of business it is hundred percent recommended. It's
1: like required watching. (laughs) Yeah, it's so good.
2: Yeah. But um Mark Cuban said that never take advice from someone who doesn't have to live with the consequences of what they're telling you to do. And that's what we always think about too, is like, oh yeah, this guy's gonna advise you to not go down this path, but he doesn't have to live with your internal struggle and your squash of your own curiosity. Right. He's not you. Yeah. He doesn't know you, he doesn't know what you're going through, what your everyday life is and
1: yeah. I don't know where people find the time to <laughs> write comments like that, though, because I'm like, I, everyone's going to do what they're going to do. Plenty of people believe in some totally crazy stuff. And- yeah.
2: I don't like to get to this would probably be an unpopular. Pattern, but I mean, if you can believe in that, I mean, what's the difference between that and believing in like there's an old man with a beard up there with your like dead dogs and grandma? <laughs>
1: <laughs> right. It's all, it's all equally outrageous yeah. as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. So who's to say which one is which more outrageous right. How does that than another? Really know,
0: so Yeah, and it goes it's funny cuz I've been reading and learning a lot about shame, especially with listening to a lot of Brené Brown and then I just recently picked up a book called So You've Been Publicly Shamed. Um, I was just at a bookstore and it caught my eye at the cover twice and I'm like, oh, I got I think I should check that book out. <laughs> like, okay, yeah. so I listened and it's and it's actually extremely relevant to me because this is because public Twitter shaming is like a a thing where like someone steps out of line and then they are ostracized from the community and in a way that's like beyond the judicial system it's like they're punished and they listed some great examples of like so you know how in the modern day conference sort of scene the tech scene there's like a big movement towards diversity towards like including women and so Second year WMC Fest was written on good.is saying that we're a boys club or an example of a conference that's doing it wrong. Like here's here's just another conference filled with white guys doing their thing. And it's totally exclusionary of minorities and all that stuff. I remember when I read that, my like heart sank because here's like my hopes and dreams into this event. And now all of a sudden someone who I didn't even think anybody was paying attention, a big blog decides to try to like paint us as this like example of what's wrong in the world, you know? Yeah. And so that's when Joseph came on board to, like, help us, you know, like, okay, well, there's this article, but I'm going to help you, like, be more diverse or whatever. So I'm like, yes, definitely help us. Um, that whole process, though, we ended up – we did become very a diverse conference. But the whole time, I felt like I was trying to do what was right, and I felt like I was bad on the inside because I didn't, by default, do this automatically. And the way that people – came to me to to like try to fix my conference felt kind of condescending and it kind of felt like I was less than. And if I didn't listen to their criticism, then I was a bad person worthy of being shamed online. Ah. Um. And so that stuff never really even occurred to me until I started learning about shame and how like, oh my gosh, I totally felt that when people pointed out that I'm not diverse enough. Like, because be, not being diverse means you are like, you're not progressive. You're not a modern day thinker. You're old times. You're you do not have you're not like up with it. And right. you know, you're, nothing good. <laughs> you, you must be a misogynist. You must be a racist. You must be all that stuff. Those words are really shaming in today's culture. Like as much as so. OK, I'm coming about talking about like out of body experiences. It's one thing to be made fun of for that. But if someone comes out and says that you're a racist and then that gets around, that's almost like just death to your your personality you know online and so the book about the book so you've been publicly shamed had real stories of people like then they had an example um these guys in a conference a tech conference were talking about dongles and i remember remember that that. so you remember that okay dongle gate (laughs) (laughs) okay so and then they said something like oh i'd like to fork that guy's repo um (laughs) and and apparently a woman who was sitting behind them heard took their picture And then shared it online, like, not cool. This is really offensive. And then so they were like, oh, you know, sorry. And then that got spread around. Those guys were shamed. But then on the flip side, they were were fired from their job. And he posted uh, on Hacker News saying, like, I was fired from my job from this. You know, this woman, like, I didn't consent to any of this. She posted it. And then she's. Then, like the flip side, like the 4chan community started attacking the woman as as the enemy now and shaming her, of course, and they throw out all the words like cunt, whore, bitch, you know, Mm -hmm. rape her, burn her alive, all these like horrible things that you know 4chan is known for. But I'm like, wow, people act in such outrageous ways to like shame people that step out of line, and and right now we're we're living in this time of. Progressiveness and like diversity and acceptance of of everyone, but then if you don't follow that rule, then you're not accepted, and you're you're ostracized like anyone else, like oh, you're a white person, you need to respect your privilege and understand all that stuff and so it's just a scary time too to like not know where you where you stand and what you can do so like on one hand, you're doing the right thing, but you feel like you're just people pleasing and you're trying to like not get burned alive at the stake. You know, by you're playing in the sandbox, but it's really scary. And you've got white knights running around who are like trying to like champion diversity, but they're willing to to shame and use people as an example as people that are doing it wrong. Like somehow right. we, we always see like whenever we
2: see negative comments on people's like Instagrams or Facebooks, I think that's what's kind of changed in this world, too, is that I don't think people realize when you type something in, and you send a comment, it goes it goes to their phone like your phone buzzes and then you read it and someone is saying something something mean mean about that's you that's what
1: we always say it's so personal like you are mm-hmm. literally sending that message really to that person's body because yeah. our phones are connected to us all the time now <laughs> yeah. anyway yeah. and how crazy that anyone can send anything to anyone else it's really crazy uh-huh
2: and and you kind of do forget that there are people at the other end of that you know, all those tubes. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's crazy because we get, we get this comments too. We try not to let it affect us, but every, I mean, we see, we see them all. Like it's not, we're not very big. Like, you know, it's, yeah. we see every single one of them.
0: So it's, it's, it's very. it, makes yeah, it can wanna, be hard. It makes you want to not do anything. It yeah, really exactly. makes you want to just hide and not be seen. Yeah. You know, Brene Brown says, show up and be seen, go in the arena. And uh-huh. that's, that's where, that's what all the credit is due. It's not the critics. It's the p- people in the arena that count. Right. And just by putting a conference out there, by nature of including people, you're excluding everyone else that you didn't include. Uh-huh. Right. And it's not like I was ever on purpose. Um, and as someone who's who's me, I'm like a do-gooder. I want to do the right thing. So it's <laughs> yeah. really personal to like. Well, I didn't want to offend anybody, so like I I definitely took strides to make it more diverse. And I really believe in diversity and acceptance for everyone. But I just am I'm just not sure on the right way to go about it. I think there's a way that to do it that doesn't involve shame. Or guilt, it's like I am following this path of the heart and the path of love and oneness and all this stuff, but it's also I think I would do it slightly differently. I'm not going to shame somebody else for doing it wrong if they don't do it the way I agree, but I would yeah. encourage I would do it myself. I would start my own conference, you know, rather right. than try to fix another person's conference so to speak. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So with respect that the feminist community and everything does, and I agree with a lot of their views, It's just that I personally have to admit that I feel this shame emotion and how, and how to come to terms with that and how it actually prevents you from speaking your truth because you feel like, who am I? I'm just a white guy now with no, like everything I say is tainted with this idea of privilege. So nothing I have is relevant, but it's like, wait a minute, I'm a human being just like anyone else. We just live in this weird, bizarre time, um, that this stuff is coming up to me. So I don't know why yeah, I got that, on that topic. I think it's because <laughs> I'm, we're talking about like being who you really are, being authentic, you, authentically you. Yeah. Yeah, it is. I think it is just a strange time to be
2: because we're kind of at this new frontier with because everything is so public and it's just so different than how our parents grew up or with work mm-hmm. and with running a business. Like we're the it's the first time that people are running these kind of businesses. Yeah. And that are doing this kind of stuff and.
1: That's what we talk about all the time. Like what are we supposed to do now <laughs> you know what i mean like yeah. we didn't pick something to do that is going to be the same for like two days in a row ever mm-hmm. it's it's a really strange place to be i mean with everything with work with with everything it's it is everything is changing so fast i feel
2: like uh-huh and the public shaming thing i mean it's it's all the internet before there wasn't really this public shaming because no one out of cleveland would probably know about the conference it was even going on because
0: yeah. with, without the, the internet yeah, and of course we didn't get it nearly as bad, nearly as bad as somebody else. Like my life isn't ruined, you know. What yeah, I mean? right. It was challenging, and it was tough, and actually taught me a ton of lessons. Like mm-hmm. I grew tremendously through it. I mean, it was tough. So I respect everyone involved in that in the whole thing. Um, you can live in a world where people don't like you, and that's something that I have to try to learn. Where I feel like I want everyone to like me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's that's what we found too. It's it's impossible when you
2: start going down that path of. I got to get everyone like me. That's when you become the most m- miserable because that's where, that's where, where we were.
1: Yeah. So we're saying yeah.
2: we got to get more people to like us. We got to get more people to follow us. That's how we're going to achieve this happiness. But every day we got less and less happy with the work we were doing. Yeah, mm-hmm. Don't
1: do anything to offend anyone.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I think
1: the la- the final straw as far as that goes for me was we were speaking at a conference and we were at like a party afterwards for all the speakers. And, um, one of the speakers came up to us and we were talking about some- what we're we talking about. Like,
2: I don't even
1: know. I, I don't know, something. And she said, oh my gosh, I, I you seemed so wholesome. <laughs> I thought, you know, I was like, wait, what? Like, wholesome? Like, I'm not saying I'm like some super crass, like, you know, yeah. out there kind of person, but like, I would never use the word wholesome to describe myself. And I was like, oh my God, maybe something is not like-
0: <laughs> In line.
1: In line here. Yeah, it's weird.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a very nice person. So like yes. to me, if I ever like dis or offend somebody, it's totally against who I believe I am and then also the public perception of me being a nice person. So it's that whole idea of like, oh my gosh, someone's gonna think that I'm not nice right. is, is extremely terrifying. It's like yeah. I I've, I've been raised to like be good. And <laughs> but there's a whole spectrum of emotions that I kind of minimize and suppress in myself, like my own anger and you know, like that shadow side of us. That, uh-huh. that we suppress because we have to try to not rock the boat or create conflict and i'm not a person who likes conflict like in in the shame book he was it was funny because he was talking about conflict he's like he's like i'm not against conflict i kind of like it when other people are in conflict but not me
2: <laughs> like i
0: like to watch if i see two people fighting on the street but he's just like i'm just not into being involved in the conflict and it was just like he just put it the way he put it was just That's hilarious funny. That's that's kind of been the point of this
2: 100-day project for us, too, is to lose that kind of attachment because what we would do before is spend months on one project and put it out there. And if the outcome wasn't exactly like how we expected it to be, we'd be crushed and we'd be out of commission for another few months saying, Mm -hmm. well, we spent all that money, all that time, and this is what we get so with this project, it's like today we launched something. I like, okay, I could have done better on this thing, but I need to have something out there. But we
1: made it last night, and it is what it is. And tomorrow's a new day, and the days keep coming. The days
2: keep coming, <laughs> and it really does help you not to, I mean, in both ways. You may have something really great. Like, wow, this thing is awesome. It's only one one day. Don't
1: get attached. Don't get
2: attached to it. Then you got to mix something up for the next day. And That's,
1: what is awesome, like we've found that, you know, we may have something that gets like, a high amount of Instagram likes for us, but we sell one of them. Yeah. You know or, what I mean? So, or, what's more the
2: other mm-hmm. way around where it's not too many likes and it's, but know.
1: it sells really well. Or, but what's really well too, because we're definitely not making enough money to live off of this project. Yeah. This like,
2: project's definitely just kind of paying for itself. It's,
1: we're, we'll be lucky if it pays for itself by the end.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: It's kind of just for fun. But yeah. I think there's something to, whether it's dealing with other people's perception of you or even your perception of yourself and what you do, something to like, that it is. that's that non attachment, and we're kind of desensitizing ourselves to the whole process by doing it over and over and over.
2: Because we've found mm-hmm. that the people that are doing really well—like really well in quotes—that we that we see out there, who knows what how they're really doing, yeah. but they're always, always, always prolific. And you don't—you only don't get the only way you can be prolific is they have the same amount of hours in the day is They just turn out a bunch of stuff. I'm sure. Nine out of 10, their things are flops too, but since they make so much work. Yeah. And that's kind of the
0: mentality we're we're, we're going with too.
1: Yeah. It's hard though. It's very hard. <laughs> it's really hard.
0: Yeah. Especially if now that I'm working for myself, I don't have anybody else to answer to other than me. Uh-huh. And yeah. what is it, the work I want to be creating every day? Well, it's, I mean, it's not necessarily a design or visual. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. It's like, or a blog post. Maybe I like doing podcasts and I like talking to people. Um, I don't know. So it's like, it's hard. I don't have anything right now that I can sit there and think this is my next thing that I'm going to do. And I don't even know if I've got the motivation, if I'm going to be completely honest to do like a hundred things thing, like a day, something (laughs) something every single day. Like, I'm just like, uh.
1: (laughs) I know I have, I'm pointing back there. We have this piece saved. Um, It's like, in case we don't (laughs)
0: <laughs> in make case it,
1: we need to quit halfway through, yeah, we're, we have a final piece. It's, I'm not going to say what it is because okay, it'll
2: ruin the surprise. If we
1: make it through, it's going to be number ninety nine. But <laughs>
2: um,
1: we have it kind of saved just in case because I mean we've been moving this week and
2: and we have our freelance projects. We have you know eating and like living life our normal living, lives, doing normal yeah. people stuff. It's, it's it was hard. also really cruel too because when we first planned this hundred day hundred thing project, we had the weekends off. But because the one where we piggyback onto Includes the weekends. We're like we, Our lives are like blurring together. We have no <laughs> idea what's... We're like, okay, at least we'll have the weekends to kind of catch up, make a few products if we need to. But oh my
1: God, but no. We it's, work
2: Saturdays, Sundays. The project
1: will be over sooner, but it's much harder when you don't have those couple days to like catch your breath in between. It's super tough. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so how would you... What kind of advice would you give to somebody who's looking to like... Well, yeah, what kind of advice would you give for someone who wants to speak their truth but is afraid of what people are going to say oh my god that's tough
1: i'm still kind of scared sometimes <laughs> Yeah, i'm
2: always scared every time we post up a gram or we post up this and like, oh, it's gonna be the last thing we ever do or i think that there's always going to be i don't think there's any way to ever
1: get over it get
2: over the fear I think there's always fear when you put yourself out there again going back to that Brene brown it's you're putting yourself out there without your, your, your armor without your brand without everything you're kind of embracing that fear you're kind of saying okay i'm putting myself out there you guys you can do whatever you want to me but i'm just not gonna gonna care
1: yeah you do it anyway yeah and i guess it takes some guts to do that and
2: a little bit of stupidity a probably. little, bit, maybe a little <laughs> bit
1: i don't know i yeah. think maybe just yeah accepting that the fear is a is a natural part of it like it's okay to be it's it's, it's definitely that.
2: part of that, that that process yeah um I don't think – I think anyone working for themselves has to be in some way a little like masochistic. Like it's definitely not. It's
1: – Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy.
2: <laughs> it's crazy because our life would be a lot easier. So much if easier. If we had – you know, there's always the struggles with the normal jobs. I don't want to say having a normal job is the easiest thing in the world because the obviously there's lots of struggles with that too. But some people get to go in and then they leave work and they clock out. We're – our brains are always thinking about work from the moment we wake up to the moment we, we go to bed. Or sometimes when I wake up in the middle of the night, I have to write something down like, okay.
1: Yeah. <laughs> or I wake up like, oh, my God. Like, we have a 24-inch inkjet printer that will not fit through any of the doors into this apartment. And we need to get rid of the studio. So how am I going to sell this thing without losing a ton of money? That's like uh-huh. it's the stupidest things to be mm-hmm. thinking about. But that's right. what we've chosen. So I don't know. It is a little crazy. but, well, but it kind of do- goes
0: just to That's show true. that it's like, it's not actually what you're doing. It's really all, it's happening up here yeah. in your head where you can be working a normal job and you still have these issues that you're struggling with, validation, self-worth, doubt, fear, Yeah. or you can be doing independent work, you can be rich and famous, but you still have all those issues that are, that you carry with you through every single project that you do, every opportunity, rise and fall. You deal with it, and so I th- the, the, all you can really do is change how you feel inside and change your internal reaction to things. And
2: yeah, and, and and some days we'll have a bad reaction. I I was cranky this this morning. I was in a bad mood this morning because I was like, I have to clean this place up and I have to fix this 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 photo and do all this kind of stuff. And some days you know are better than others. And I think just kind of being easy yourself, saying you know you're a human. You're allowed to feel bad sometimes. About feel yeah. afraid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just kind of, that's, it's just as normal as feeling happy. Like it's, it's, it's a human emotion. We've got to meet like so many amazing people throughout this, these last five years and not a single person from the people that are making millions to the people, you know, just starting out, have it figured out, are hundred percent happy, aren't afraid. Like they're all afraid the next day they're going to be done. I know people that have been, we've been working for 40, 50 years, making tons of money, but they're afraid that. The next paycheck will be their their last.
1: Yeah, it never goes away. No one ever has it figured out. And if they tell you that they do, they're lying. Yeah. They are lying.
0: (laughs) Nobody knows. Yeah, I I hate living in that fear, though, you know, of like losing something. It's Yeah, I know. You know, I think you got to detach to the point Mm -hmm. where you can lose something and it's not going to kill you or you're you're not afraid to feel that. Loss or grief, and yeah. I think that's where the fear is—is is feeling that just horrible physical emotion of that. um And same thing with speaking your truth—that fear. It's like you're you're afraid of this, of being unloved or unworthy or somehow invalidated or est- essentially erased from existence. Like it's a mental death. It's a perceived death that you're approaching. You know, and and we may even have past lives of ostracism, being burned at the stake for your beliefs or something like that. But it really <laughs> kind of yeah all fueling how, who you are as a person today, I'm afraid to post this podcast because I talk about white privilege on it. And yeah. who am I to talk about that? I mean, I have no, I have nothing to say about that other than this is how I feel about that situation. And it just kind of came to light in sort of my journey of self-discovery and and who I really am. And, and I admit I am scared to say that because I'm afraid that people are going to attack me for it and say, who are you to say this type of thing? You know, you idiot, you have so much privilege. You know, get out of here, get off the Internet, you know, and it's like uh, it's just so, so, so scary to think about. And it makes other problems seem it's like we blow it all up in our head because it's like my fear, my fear. We all have our unique things that scare us. And so, Jen, Omar, what is the thing that you're afraid to speak that you are holding back? How could you be more authentically you? Oh, man, I think one of our biggest things is that so many
2: especially students, I feel like, but people of all ages think that we have everything kind of figured out and that couldn't be even any farther from the truth. Like we're, you know, we're making enough to survive, but it's not like, yeah, we're,
1: that's a really good one. I mean, we were giving a talk a couple of weeks ago at, um, a school and one of the, we came to like the Q and a, and at the end, someone asked some question like that, that was like, we had mentioned that we had moved back in my parents' house. That's what it was. Uh-huh. And they were like, Oh my God, I can't believe that like you guys seemed like you had it all together. I can't believe that you
2: would would make a mistake. Would or, make a
1: mistake like yeah. that. And I was like, Whoa, whoa, whoa. Like <laughs> we let's make start mistakes. over because yeah. this whole thing has been.
2: Yeah. A mistakes. series of mistakes. And yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: And it's hard. I mean, it's really cool to be recognized for being successful doing something. So it becomes a little scary then to say, you know. Not always successful all the time. We don't uh-huh. have it figured out. Yeah, we get emails from people.
2: And and it's tough too, because like, cause one of the hardest things is um, you were kind of talking about you're combining your blog and everything into one kind of unit. Mm-hmm. And we're one unit too now. And so you say, okay, well, we make a podcast, we talk about failures. What if a client sees us, or what if someone wants to buy something from us and they say, wait a bit, these guys are, these guys don't know what they're doing. I'm not going to give them any money. Like we're always worried about. Are we going to share too much? Are we going to say too much? All of a sudden, mm-hmm. our livelihoods going to going to go away.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's it's weird living in that. Like with one, I don't know, projecting one thing out. You know, letting it all be unified. It does add a little bit of fear to it for me because there's not the business side of us and the personal side. It's now all one thing.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So they're either
1: going to like you or, or not, you know, they, they're not going to like the business part of you and dislike the personal, you know what I mean? It's yeah. all, it's a package deal now.
2: And also mm-hmm. just a fear that, you know, that nothing is permanent, the good or the bad. Like I can't sit here and say, oh, look, we've made these pins. We're going to make pins for the next 40 years. Probably, you know, we can make, make them for the next four months. And that's, that's, that's it. Like just the fear that when we first started this, this whole project, so these are things we thought it was done. We design a map, you sell it, design a map, you sell it. And you'll do We that. thought
1: we'd figured it out. We, you,
2: like. you, you can do that till the day we retire and we'll be happy. It's easy. <laughs> and now knowing that, you know, next year I could be working, you know, a, a nine to five or next year we could be super successful doing this or next year we could be living back in your parents' basement. I, yeah, I have I, no idea. Yeah. To kind of say that, you know, you can't make these kind of plans. So that's, that's one thing somebody asked us too. It was maybe two talks ago. They said how, how far out do you plan your things? You have like a six month plan, one year plan, five year plan. I said, we have, we're lucky if we have a one week plan and they laugh, but it's the truth. Yeah. Like, we're
0: lucky yeah. if we know what we're doing tomorrow. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. That's as far out as we can go really. Uh-huh.
0: Wow. Yeah. That's great. And you talk about like success and, and and I feel like that's different from happiness, you yeah. know? Yeah. Like I am tired of success like Uh and and tired of because that's telling you that there's like this right way and this thing this this state where you have got it you know yeah rather it's almost like all you have is like right now to feel good about yourself if you don't feel good about yourself now even if you do get success you're still going to feel how you do right now like that's the only thing you can do and so what I want to focus on is self-love and authenticity of just my own integrity and and knowing it's like am i being truly true to myself even if that gets me criticism or external doubt and fear and shame put upon me am i just being true to myself and everything even if i do get shamed for something like that it's like well, how is that going to help me grow as a person you know what is that going to do to me like cuz it's all. I f- I'm. I'm starting to believe that it's all sort of an illusion. Anyway, it's all a creation of our consciousness. That even the the scariest of emotions, it's all part of this dream that we're eventually going to wake up from when we're dead, and we're gonna say that was an awesome roller coaster. <laughs> like, like it's scary while you're on it and you're going up the hill, but like it's just a ride up and down, and both parts of emotions, happiness and failure, are all part of the human experience. Exactly. And and it's like so when you can exp- appreciate those. Bad emotions, if you want to label them bad, if you like can witness how it feels in your body, and and know that it's here to teach you something, or it's here to help urge you to change, or to evolve, or adapt, to grow, and expand your consciousness, then you'll have a newfound appreciation for it. It's like riding a, a, a wave, you know. And to me, that seems a much more interesting way of living my life right now than than trying to go find success. Yeah, it's almost like success is actually already here. There's, I'm never going to be more successful than I am in this moment, you know? Yeah, and so it's I like, love that. Can I just live <laughs> that? Can I just feel that relief of not- It lets of you off the hook. Do, it uh-huh. lets you off the hook, man.
1: Totally. And then you can just be you. You can do what you want to do. We can make art. You can make art. You can-
0: Not make art if you don't want not, to. Yeah, you can. yeah seriously. <laughs> yeah. You're not yeah. invalid seriously. because you're not yeah. prolific, you know? Yeah, exactly. Think it of all the people matter. that don't make art. Think of the people that are like, you know, the people that you would consider not doing glamorous work. Or like, yeah. you know, like just like a stay-at-home mom. And like, is she somehow invalid because she doesn't have 40,000 Twitter followers? Exactly. Right. Like, it's and almost like a relief. It's like, I see you and I'm like, you don't have to worry about stupid Twitter followers rising <laughs> and falling. Or I got less likes this week. Like, <laughs>
1: Who cares? Yeah. It doesn't matter.
0: Uh-huh. As mm-hmm. long
1: as you're happy and you're doing what you want to do.
0: And and what we found, too, is
2: that it's always so inflated. Like you are saying, it's always so inflated. Most people are so, all people are so busy with their own lives. They don't, they have time to make a comment, but they don't think about you more than one second of that of that day. Yeah, yeah. They don't think about you at all. And it's just-
1: And the, that's freeing too. Yeah.
0: <laughs> you can <laughs> feel like you're on
1: stage for the world to see, but you're really, you're really not. Yeah. Nobody's watching. <laughs> I wonder why
0: we feel like that. Why do we feel like we're on stage for the world to see? Why do we feel so exposed when we're really not? Like, why does our brain, our minds try to trick us like that?
1: Man, I probably those few comments. You know what I mean? You, <laughs> yeah. If you- the response you're getting if you extrapolate that out and you know that the whole world can potentially see it. Yeah. That, I don't know.
2: Yeah. It just, it just a, a different time. Cause it used to be, you know, when I made a drawing in high school, no one's going to see that. And now you had to put up there and you know, how many people
0: would, would be able to,
1: right. You have to put it up there or did you really do it? if yeah. they don't see it
0: oh uh, yeah you
1: really do it mm, i don't know
0: yeah yeah if i didn't post this picture of my dessert did i really eat it right <laughs> yeah exactly do i really matter if i didn't share oh my gosh that's another topic
2: that is <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll see about, about next time maybe. yeah
0: i'm really considering going on a social media like vacation like that'd be awesome what, what about a 90 day social media fast of like being wow. offline what would that do how would that enhance your life or change your life for you guys. You rely on a lot on like Instagram and stuff. So yeah. do, yeah. what would it be like for you?
1: That'd be so crazy though. I mean, we're kind of talking about that because at the end of this hundred day project, um, we have a really big freelance job that we're doing that is actually going to be really fun, but we could technically not do anything else for like a year with this job. So we could technically not ever, yeah, <laughs> ever go on there again. Um, Mm-hmm. I don't know, but that would be weird because it's, I feel like... Because
2: it's it's funny, too, how quickly <laughs> everything moves, like, at light speed now. Right. If we're off there for, like, two days, people are like, well, they're, they're, they're you dead. You lose
1: that momentum, and if <laughs> if we're still trying yeah. to sell stuff, then uh-huh. we do have to show that we're alive
2: uh-huh.
1: and making things. Everyone always wants to see something new,
2: which I don't blame new. them
1: because I do, too.
2: Yeah, it's always, mm-hmm. like, we're always talking about this, too, online. I never go to websites unless they're updated, like, Like I go to like Reddit or like a Kotaku or whatever. So
1: never the same twice. Never the same.
2: Like it's got to be new, 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 new. And it's,
1: it's hard to keep up with as a,
2: as two people or one person. Yeah. Yeah, We're not exactly
1: content creators. (laughs) We're just two people. Yeah. It's hard, but man, if I could, I would definitely like to do that. Mm
2: -hmm. And who says maybe maybe we will.
1: Ooh, would you do email? You'd have to do email, right?
0: No, why or not? Well do you? <laughs> You're not. Who cares? Who cares? Yeah. Why would you need to do email? Everything you have is right here in front of you. Right. It's your rules. Yeah, it's your rules. I mean, to think about that, they're like, oh, no email. I, oh my God, but what would I do? You know, like, that's yeah. actually a, an interesting experiment. I'm attracted yeah. to that idea of just of min- cool. minimizing to that point. But then it's like terrifying because it's like, I'm, I'm essentially dying because so much of me lives online. Right. Exactly, exactly. I even what took is- I took one day digital detox, and I was like freaking out. <laughs> oh my god! Really? And I like the, I like the, read hundred pages in a book. No, I was well. Okay, the tree house. Yes, I did do digital detox that weekend, but it was a lot easier because I wasn't surrounded by digital stuff. Oh yeah. Ah. When I'm sitting at home and I have digital <laughs> stuff everywhere, and my routine is like, oh, after dinner I like do this, right. I do this. I'm so much more obsessed with my devices when I'm at home. Cause I'm like just bored in this routine. But when I'm out traveling, I'm so more engrossed in the novelty of, of this new experience that I'm, yeah. I, can just, I can just be present out in nature and feel satisfied. And I like, don't, I have this like aversion to checking my phone because it's like, it's just taking me out of this magical moment. Yeah. <laughs> but doing a digital detox at home is really challenging. <laughs>
1: oh my God. I can't imagine. I
0: had to turn off the power or something. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Right.
1: Hide the cords, like put yeah. them somewhere else. Yeah. I don't know. I, Man, remember,
0: I remember like I read 100 pages in the book, The Holographic Universe. I finished it. I was just like, I had nothing else oh, to do. Oh, that's awesome. We st- I'm just so, we so like gravitate towards doing and entertaining ourselves constantly.
1: <laughs> yeah. With so many different things at once. Yeah.
0: yeah. I was watching Netflix yesterday and I had my phone next to me and I was so like debating. Okay. I'm bored by this movie. I really just want to check Reddit. <laughs> I really want to look at Reddit right now and I'm just like no no no. And then 15 minutes later the thought would occur to me. And then it was like every every few minutes it kept occurring to me and I'm just wow. being mindful of all of that. And yeah. I said fine, it's going to do it. And then I was just on Reddit and I totally forgot about the movie. I'm just like <laughs> you know, my focus was going back and forth.
1: Yeah.
0: But and that's a different talk. So, I feel like the energies are kind of winding up here. Um is there anything else that you want to share um about some of the stuff we've talked about, or anything we've left out. Oh man! Well, yeah, I
2: got one one thing I can share oh. about. Um, usually every so often, especially when we're in kind of a turmoil state, we do a transition a transition state. We do a yeah. tarot reading for our, our, ourselves, and our last one was so good and so on the money, and it ended with the death card, number thirteen. Let's see if I can put it up there. Wow! Ooh, there it is. And it's a cool it's a cool card, and if people you receive death as this very negative, very bad thing. But the death in tarot actually talks about for anything new to begin, certain things have to end. It's the end of a phase. It's time for reflection. It's transitions and change are necessary in life. Everything is born. Everything dies. And Mm -hmm. that's true with your feelings. It's true with careers. It's true with human beings, It's true with everything. And so it's so perfect for this time in our life to say, okay, in order to move on and move forward with new stuff, we have to be able to let certain other things die and learn to let, to to let go of them, let go of that attachment and know that, you know, it had its life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Now it's over. And
1: as we've let go, it has felt so good Mm -hmm. that it's been like totally affirming that like, this is definitely the right move for us. And,
2: and and so much turmoil in people's lives go stem from when something is dead or dying and, you resist it. You say, no, no, you can't die. You can't, this can't end. I have to stay at this forever. And nothing is like that. Nothing's forever. Yeah,
1: everything's always changing. I think the sooner we can all accept that, the happier we can probably be.
0: Yeah. It seems like a theme of this uh, of, our, of this episode has been attachment to the old re- mm-hmm. recreating the magic and uh-huh. yeah. resisting change. Even though we want change, but we, we are afraid in, in a way... Um, well, tell us where people can find you.
1: Yes, um, we are at thesearethings.com. dot com, and um, we're mostly on Instagram mm-hmm.
0: uh,
1: at these are things, but we're on Twitter also. Um, these are things, and who goes on Facebook anymore?
0: Our, our, our parents. Want Not to Twitter, me. You want to our parents? The only ones to like our Facebook posts. You can go on Facebook <laughs> at these are things. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Great. So, well, thanks so much. Um, Thank you. for thanks, coming Jeff. on the so- so- show. It was awesome, and we got into some some good stuff. I mean, just proud that we were able to share so um, candidly, you know. And I think it's going to make for a good episode. So, if anyone's listening, you know, it'd be nice if you left a review on iTunes. You know, to kind of balance out that one star we got. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, so, and also get your copy of Wake Up if you're interested in building some habits to kind of change your life into one that's focused more on your own personal growth and. You know, mental state within. So that's, you can get that at wake dot com slash wake up, and follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Jeff underscore Finley, and subscribe at makermistaker. slash subscribe. And so that's it for the Maker Mistaker podcast. And Jen, um, Omar, I will be seeing you guys soon. I'll have to. I was in Columbus last weekend. I'll have to make another visit out there very soon.
1: Yeah, that's we're we're only two hours away. I know, basically neighbors.
0: Basically (laughs) neighbors. All right, well, um, take care, and um, it was nice talking to you. Talk to you soon. Thanks,
1: Thanks Jeff.
0: Bye. Bye.